0: نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين
1: الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على عني أجمعين والمسيح والمحصي والمجدى لمن مرسلين
0: أما باتل Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? and that he is alone
1: and has no part and that all gratitude is for Allah the sustainer of all the boundless universes all gratitude is for Allah the generous eternal friend and send salutations of Allah on all of his prophets and his apostles and on the Messiah, the anointed one and on the Mahdi, the God and on the Mujahidah, the reformer which was all set from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
0: We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa baraka.
2: The Man of the Hour
3: airing
4: seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio.
2: I have two questions uh, from the black book. Um, the first question is on page 271. And um, I have wanted to know the difference between illusion and illusion. They say they are- uh, The
1: word illusion? And, yes. the, and the Hebrew word illusion? Yes, according
2: to the black book
1: that shows that they're related. They're certainly saying they're related to narrative. Uh-huh. Just like you can say a little, ch- a little boy from Cuba his name, was Lune, you, you know right away they're phonetically related. You follow what I'm saying? And what most people don't realize is all languages on the planet Earth are related. I'm going to come back to a point that I want to establish that. And a certain person or a certain being is responsible for all the different languages on the planet. According to Bible-believing people, somebody diversified the tongues, forced the battle, and now people speak different languages. Whether well, that person is also the person responsible for racism, separation and hate. You say, well, how's that? Because Genesis chapter three, verse 15, that same person says, I'm going to put enmity between the woman's seed and the serpent's seed. So this being talking is saying, I'm going to put enmity, I'm going to put hate, I'm going to put rivalry between two beings that I created, because so God created both that woman and the devil, and therefore, and, and people say, well, how does God create the devil? Well, because people say that in the Bible or the Quranic life that the devil is darkness and God is light. That's why Jesus early on, the called, and I was called the light, light and light is knowledge, etc., etc., etc. But when and if God did create light, and He said, what? Let there be. When He did that, He had to create shadows. So, if you create light, you automatically create a shadow. Now, the light is, is is the shadow is created by an object in light. So, therefore, when the sun was created, if the sun is a mass and the mass has a shadow, then He said, "Let there be light." And the decided that "The sun was light, and at the evening and the morning there was a shadow out." But neither one of them are pure darkness, because the sun itself had to be created outside of darkness, if there was no light, there'd be no shadow. So you had darkness before you had the shadow. So therefore, their reference to dark and evil is in actuality talking about the shadow, not the state of darkness that God had to be in when God said, let there be light. All intelligence, all thinking, has its birth or origin in darkness, meaning there is no light inside your head at this moment. So when you see anything, you look outward, apparently, and reflect the image inward. So in order to see, you don't see this way, you see this way. And therefore, you're sending light inward to darkness. And when it gets inside the head, it follows through the eyes, through the optic then it triggers with the brain. Therefore, the intelligence point, or the point of decision, or deciding what I'm looking at, how tall it is, how bright it is, how fat it is, how thin it is, how Uh, red or green or blue is done in darkness. And it takes the intelligence to make that decision. You follow what I'm saying? It doesn't take the ability to cut on the light to use intelligence. The intelligence factor is done in the darkness. Thus God, in actuality, being the source of all intelligence, dwells in darkness. And God said, let there be light. And when light came, there had to be a shadow and that shadow is what they're calling the darkness of evil. And that's why if you look in the Quran, the same word they use for darkness, Zulam, is the same word they use for shadow, zulum. And the Arabic of the Quran is from the ancient Syriac, which goes back to the ancient Semitic languages, where Hebrew is the same word. So their definition of shadow and darkness was the same. Somewhere along the line, the preacher and the teacher got confused. And they just made all darkness bad. And then said darkness is associated with black, so black plus is bad. But black, not being a color but a state, existed before darkness, you see? Because darkness is telling you it has a state, it has a degree of itself, darkness. If it's darkness, then it's less than darkness. And a shadow is determined by how far the sun is from the object that it's reflecting upon. You with me so far? So when you reach down inside the human being, right in the mind, do you find light or darkness? And in that darkness you find reason, decision, and thought. So when God said, let there be light, and thus God created the shadow. The counterpart to light the shadow was the darkness the irreality yet existing the unpurpose yet existing the untangible yet existing the illusion of the most high so illusion translate as the most high and illusion to the most high would be its equal untangible the shadow the shadow is equal to you in all shapes size and intensity, but not in density. You <laughs> know, That's why in the Black Book it says, illusion and illusion. That's really one of the same thing. Illusion is, is alluding to the shadow of the material thing. And we've been taught to ignore how important a shadow is. <laughs> but all of us will step in the shade when it's, when it's too hot. And while we seek the shade, the shadow seems to become very important to us. But on a cloudy day, right before a picnic, when we're wishing for the sun, all of a sudden we no longer like the shade. We don't want the clouds to hinder our picnic. Now, throw away the clouds, so we've been taught to cast away the dark, because it hinders what I can do in the light. Never realizing that anything I do in the light is coming from the intellect and that's why I refer to that I refer to that as a intellect and now the intellect because those decisions are made in the head not outside the head the vision and what I see is determined from my insight not my outside
2: okay I have one other question. On the same page, um, uh, it states that the square, according to the ancient ones, is different than the ones that uh, what we perceive as the square. Okay. I don't want to know how. I'll
1: tell you why. Because when we see a square, we're looking at four 90-degree angles, right? Is that a square? What is the difference between a square and a cube, geometrically speaking? A cube has density, but it's still a square, and from each angle you look at it, you see a square from any direction. This is what makes it a cube, but when we look at the square, or the square, all we're looking at is a frame undefined. It has to, from that point, make a decision as to what it's going to become, but the cube has completed its journey into what it is. It becomes the Q. Or in Arabic, it becomes the Kaaba. The you that? Does the square us. Now listen, does the square geometrically add up to the Q? Square gives me 490 degree angles. But the Q gives me how many? The 490 degree angle is on a square because the square doesn't have its density. It hasn't become the cube in order to create the next four points. So the square gives you... How much is the square? 490 degrees? And the cube? 720. 720. If I had a blackboard in front of me, I would draw a square and I'll get my 360 degrees. And then I would draw a cube. And you'll see that the point from which I join a line, the cube transforms itself either inward or outward. It's taking me from the physical into the next realm. I don't want to just say spiritual. It's, it's pulling me from the third dimension, the cube, to the fourth dimension, the Square, when in actuality a cube has an density. So it's, that's why they say it's an optical illusion to look at a square when you make the box and you can't tell the central point whether it's coming at you or going in. But you're looking at the square turn with the point facing you as opposed to cube turn with the face. Not, I hope I'm not losing you, because if I could draw this, it'd be easier because so I'm trying to draw this in my mind and it can sound real confusing. So in actuality, the 720 degrees that the cube produces gives you 360 degrees of the physical plane and 360 degrees of the spiritual plane. I don't want to use spiritual because I don't want people to get spooky. Right? Whereas the square, a geometric symbol, a geometry, is only giving me 360 degrees of of the physical plane. I'm seeing it before it becomes what it is destined. And it only has one destination because all the points are closed, and that is to become cube. It's a reference to our character and what we are as a one-dimensional being with a soul. When I look at this gentleman, I see his physical, and I see him 360 degrees, I see what it takes to be a mortal. But I'm also looking at a spiritual being. that will only come out when he is finished becoming what he was cut out to be. So in Freemasonry, they have what they call the ashlar,
3: or the uncut stone.
1: And they carve it until they get a perfect square. And then they continue to carve until they manifest a perfect cube. And those stages are the growth of the shaping of our character. Because while we are squaring off our actions and deeds in the physical, it must have a reaction on the spiritual. In order for me to get myself together physically, I have to get myself together mentally. I cannot pretend I'm not using drugs no more. I have to stop drugs. I can't pretend I'm not getting drunk no more. I have to stop so that square becomes a cube is a reference to a perfect ashlar, A
4: stone cut
1: without the sound of a hammer, nor the sweat of a flower. That means you cut the stone because you, as a being, is an uncut ashlar, a rough stone. It must be cut and then do you become a perfect being? And most people say you can't ever become perfect. And I say wrong. If you're in the image and after the likeness of God, you have a destiny to become perfect. And whoever's telling you you can't become perfect is dangerous. Because that person is questioning the God quality in you, and the gift that God gave you to be in his or her image and after his or her likeness. You do have a destiny to square yourself off. There's more. There's, there's symbolism in the black book. It has yet to be elaborated on, and that's just all one, or of, of one. Okay.
5: Okay. Come in. <laughs> As the mysteries of Egypt treat you, the secrets of the parents and the scientists that built them. Well, now you. Now you can enter into the ancient Egyptian order and learn who and what you are. Who built the pyramids? Why? Medicine, alchemy, the secrets of symbolism revealed to you. Enter the ancient Egyptian order now, now, now.
2: Right here. it oh, we just We're trying to find <laughs> you. Okay. Robert. 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 I have a question. It states that Ray small names... Excuse me, I don't want you to be moved It states... Oh, excuse me, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the black book. No, 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 no. Okay. I've got to be with you. Okay, in the black book it states that raise small name is new, and so later on in the black book it states that in live as called as So I guess my question is what is the connection, if any, between these beings having the same name and being the material and you people use? I mean, these four yes. beings? Because,
1: because whenever you say Re, you're saying Atum Re, Atum Re, and Amun Re, and it depends on what gnomes in ancient Egypt you were in at the time and which one worshipped which deity. In some, people, they're saying Set of they have Amun so they referred to Amunre there as Re because Amun was understood. And if you went to Memphis, they had Atumre. And they just referred to him as Re. So therefore, all of the Amenatis were Re. because they all fall under the term Re. That did not apply to all of the Samarians. All of the Neolithic. Egyptians, before the word Egyptos was Jews, were referred to as gray. That did not refer to the dynastic period that came out
2: of them. You follow what I'm saying? I have a question on, from the Black Book on page 33. I'm looking to a specific number questions like this. You said that you had a master one, different is my page 33. We've got a master. <laughs> three a master. One, two, three, and have traveled, excuse me, one and two, and have traveled three, five, seven, and now you can hold the whole key between one and nine. And I'm um, trying to get a clear understanding on the number. Not being a free Madam <laughs> sir. Not being a
1: Freemason you might not understand, but often time, the Freemasons, they might ask an individual, how old are you? And the answer is one, three, right? Up, one, three, five. right? And that's making a reference to which degree of the ladder of Jacob they have ranked. So I'm making reference to any Freemason who comes across that book and says, how old are you? I said, well, I'm already passed, one, three, five. And I went on to seven, up. They don't know, they don't get past three degrees. And those three degrees are one three five. That's the British mathematics. That's as high as they go. There's no such thing as thirty-three degrees in Freemasonry. There's no such thing as thirty-two degrees. The original degrees of Freemasonry are only three degrees. Everything else is honorary studies. You follow that in Egyptians. And we never gave them over three degrees. We never allow them outside of persons, places, and things. And because they are the masses of most education and spatial systems, destiny, everybody. Wh- Muslim, Christian, Jew are all trapped under three degrees. person, places, and things. And if we say, I'm going to take people to a another level, I am seven. Then at that point I say, and in the metaphysical or esoteric doctrine, you've been taught about the 7 seats also or chakras. Well, because the people who were teaching that science only had seven, you follow? They don't know about the nine. Now I'm taking you from the seven up to the next. You have to learn about the next two chakras, not just the one that's in the crown so I can get to the... Like I said, if you look at the ancient Egyptian word, you look in the dictionary under the, the word brow seat, you get the Egyptian word mir, which you also know is translated as pyramids or central fire. Right? Fact like this. They they considered this the, abyss, the <laughs> point, the third eye. Then they went to the crown with their twelve occult nerves, which represent the twelve signs of the zodiac. And in the center of there, they put the seventh seat, the crown chakra. When they get back to Egypt at the temple of Hathor, Hathor, and they look on the ceiling toward the sky, and they see the calendar of Dendora, they notice that in the center of Tawaret, and Tawaret is a female deity, the Moors call her Zodiacus, the center of the sign of Zodiacus. They also call her Minty. They call her, it got many different names. We see her standing in the center as the mother of mammals that are also reptilians, you know what I'm saying? So we have, we have this degree of study. It takes us from Earth, at one, up the body, three, on out the body, five, and straight on into the universe, the seven and we keep on traveling, right? The zodiac represents our woman, the mother of all creation, the science of the universe, and the waffle. in actuality, is a feminine word in the ancient language, where, where, where uh, science, sound, right, and reasoning, it applies to the woman. So those are key things to identify. And when you get the handbook that's coming soon, right? You, when you study the handbook, I may walk up to you and they say, well, how old are you? And then you say, I'm nine. When you get nine, then you're born again. No Christian can be born again until he's nine. And see, Christ, as they call him, Christos or Krishna, said, you must be born again. And when he asked, you mean, I must go back into the womb? He said, no, you must be born of spirit and truth. God, you must be saved. You, you must receive grace and joy. He couldn't understand, because couldn't understand where Jesus was coming from. Well, Jesus was after the order of Melchizedek, because Jesus was an Essene. And the only Egyptian order he could find in all Judea were the Essene up in Jordan. So he went there following John Baptist, because he was after the order of Melchizedek, and the Essene order was the Egyptian order, and that's the only place those degrees would be conferred. You follow that? So he made that I am the way, the truth and the life. He was telling them, come behind me, walk this path through this temple, and I'm going to give you this special <coughs> guidance. I'm going to give you this special truth. Some information that I got. It caused me problems in the temple. Because when I came back from Egypt, I had to confront the rabbis and the priests, and I got in a great argument with them about these truths of Torah." Because I have to explain to them that the Torah, or the Torah, or the Tanakh, that holy book, is nothing but Tawaret. The female, in the sense of the Zodiac, Torah, Tawaret. And they wasn't ready to accept the Egyptian mystery. Because they had already set up a doctrine. So he had to put aside what he learned in the ancient Egyptian order while he studied ancient Egypt and submerged himself amongst the that's And at that point, he was stepping down in degrees. So, you'll come around again, I promise you, and you'll read it, and you'll laugh. And then I'll walk up to you sometime if you now maybe stay with me and say, by the way, how old are you? And you'll laugh when you answer me, when you realize how simple it is to explain and handle that thing you've asked to do. Right? But Freemasons is that, one, three, five, you know, 7. And how am I going to masturbate the nation them to themselves? Seven. And that seven is what? The highest point on the chakras, for the climbing of the Kundalini, the ladders of Jacob, they hit the top. If you see the cremationary chart, you see they have all the degrees going up. And at the top they have a triangle with an eye in the triangle. And that's when you see the top, the highest so-called degree. And they'll call that 33 degrees, but the manifestation will be Kunsu. Because when they get to that so-called degree, they give you a, a phoenix bird looking in two different directions. And that's the symbol of Hunsu, the healer of ancient And that eye is there, is looking down with, That's eye of Rosh, the sun. They find out that the light that they've been calling is really the light of the, he said, I'm the light of the, I'm the light of the world. In the Holy Quran it says, it says, Allah is a normal, That means the light of the
4: heaven, the sky,
1: and the earth. You become the light of the sky and the earth, you are still the light of the world because you're referring to the sun. You can't immediately adjust that and say, the light of the heaven and earth means my mind or my intellect because I just explained to you that intellect is conceived in darkness, inside the head where there is no light. The thoughts come in there, and then they come back out. You follow? So when he says, I am the light of the heavens and earth, the sun. So the Freemason, after all of his traveling toward the light, finds out that the light he was traveling toward was nothing more than the sun. And all the knowledge he got was nothing more than knowledge was inside this earthly language. sciences, arts, fine arts, <laughs> mathematics, geometry. And he's like, puzzled. Puzzle. And a hand reaches down from heaven and pulls him up out the muck and mire if he wants to step through the mass and become a god. When he becomes a god, they refer to him as a supreme grand master in the lodge. As opposed to simply a master or a grand master who can open and close the lodge but not, does not bear the title supreme Grand master. He sits in the eastern point of the lodge, and above him is the eye of God, which is in actuality, Ray, the sun. He now is amongst the ranks of the Egyptian deities and inherits the responsibility of conveying the message to people on earth, if they are worthy and capable of keeping the secret. And what is the secret? The secret is hidden in the name. The sacred name. What is the sacred name? What, what name in Egypt is arrayed and deals with the secret? Huh? Amun. Amun means the king one. The one who keeps the secret. And so the Freemason who walks through Jah. Bow and on. He accepts the Bible, the Quran, and the Inu Mayish, then finally gets to the book of Dead. He's passed through the three, what they call monotheistic religions, and each one of them at the end of their ritual, or when the light of their ritual starts to descend or end, says, Amen. Amun or Kumen. and it all ends with the same name of the same deity, and that's why in Revelation chapter three, verse fourteen, it literally says, "Amen, the faithful, the faithful, the truth, the faithful." It's an article to, to make sure that you don't think they're talking about Jesus. Huh?
2: Right? Yes. About it.
1: Going
2: out. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: my question is from the um uh, God who put Master's book. Yes Um, uh, DS in your mind. Yes, I'm is. having a lot of problems in putting like how do I give reverence to or where do I put these deity? Is it that we follow the each principle, like if you you follow Justice Umiers, then that gives reverence to that particular deity or no. you know, mass or justice is in you. You are reaching for deities that are in you. The, the problem is you have reached a point. Let me say something. When a person grows up from a base to a certain height, right, like a plant, if you plant a specific uh, species of a plant, when it grows and it blossoms, the plant has completed its growth. It has become what it's supposed to be, correct? Then its next stage is dying, or regression, Everybody who is now, the height they're going to ever be, like the plants, has what? then, what your intellect does, is it blossoms outward and you've grown into some type of intellectual being for those who outside that recognize. You've never been grown, to perfection. You've completed your growing stage. Now you stop. Because you have not died, it's only because the season for a human growth and decline is longer than that of a rose or a dandelion. You follow? So now where's your next journey? The next journey is once you get complete, is back in, inside. All the way back to your roots. And as you pass to your whip, stop looking for deities as outside entities, statues, or images, because that's what religion has done
4: to us. We will continue with the man of the hour, Dr. Malachi Z. York, the reformer for this day and time, right after these messages on WGAG Radio. Members of Congress expressed optimism Sunday about the prospects for reaching a deal to avoid the fiscal cliff.
6: fragile ceasefire between Israel and Hamas is entering its third full day, and both Israelis and Palestinians... Bottom line, Senator, if uh, the president nominates Ambassador Rice to be the next Secretary of State or some other... Supplementary question. Do you personally believe that gay people are born gay? Impact segment tonight, the Talking Points Memo...
4: Hot damn politics! Hot damn politics! Hot damn politics! Hot damn
1: politics! Hot damn politics! Hot damn politics! What, Hot damn
6: politics! Hot damn politics. Hot, Hot, politics! I'm back now with the brain trust panel. The brain trust panel. Brain trust, brain trust, brain trust, brain trust
1: panel. Hot diggity damn politics!
4: I put that shit on everything. Hot damn politics! Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Only on WTAG Radio.
3: Radio. You catch my girl legs open, better smash that. Don't be surprised if she asks where to kiss shit. Let's talk about
4: what they don't want you to talk about. on the Donna Coleon Show. on Rock Talk Radio, Monday through Saturday, Friday noon, Eastern Standard Time. Or GeorgiaCaston.com,
3: wgag
4: Radio. Would you like to ask Donna a question? Are you in need of advice or counsel? Tell Nicoleone your concerns on a particular matter, your views or opinions about something that's important to you or anything you want her to talk about on the show. Email Deardonnicoleone at gmail.com.
3: Hey, man. Hey, hey, bro. Hey, bro. Man. Hey, man. I see you think I got that book in your hand, man, written by Dr. Yoke, man. Where you get that book from? I've been on live. I've been on eBay. I've been on Amazon. I been on some of them goddamn bootleg ass Doc New York sites and shit, man. These motherfuckers charging goddamn damn their rent money and a goddamn down payment on a house and shit for some of them Dr. York books, man. It's hard to hell to find a goddamn one. Then I went fucked around and went on goddamn Amazon. They were selling the holy tablets and shit for a goddamn. It was a goddamn notebook. It was a goddamn goddamn holy tablet and a goddamn binder, man. These motherfuckers charge like six, seven, eight hundred dollar for these dot New York books, man. Hey, man, what can I goddamn get me one of them Dr. York book reasonable, man? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about, like, at least goddamn some of his shit, man. These motherfuckers, man, these motherfuckers really motherfucking charging out the ass, shouted. I need a legit place. Where the fuck can I get me some Dr. York books at, man? that I won't motherfucking out damn broke over. You been what I'm saying? Yeah, does this sound like you?
4: Well, of course it does. Or, matter of fact, it did, until you found out about All Eyes on Egypt in Monticello, Georgia. That's right, All Eyes on Egypt in Monticello, Georgia. You don't ever have to worry about, where is your money, Who can you speak to? All these bogus, fake, bootleg sites that are perpetrating and pretending that they're selling Dr. Malachi Zewa's books, and even if they did, They're not selling it at an affordable price. Don't go to no one else. No one. No robots, no websites, no none of that. Get all your Dr. Malachi's New York books right here at All Eyes on Egypt. And we're running a sale for the month of September till October the 9th. On Man from Plain Rich is at $19. The El Poli Tablets is at $70. Also, let's not forget the sacred wisdom of the hoodie. That's in right now. Get it now while you can at $25. So much more. The Right Knowledge Series. The Christ Series. The Mohammedism. The Mosesism. The Christism. We got everything. The Luciferian Conspiracy. Everything written by Dr. Malachi New York at a legitimate, affordable price and a legitimate store authorized by Dr. Malachi New York himself. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money and enjoy the rest of your life knowing that All Eyes on Egypt in Monticello, Georgia is dependable, trustworthy, and authorized by Dr. Malachi, New York. Why wait? Pick up the phone today. Call 706-468-2319 and speak to a live person. Only at All Eyes on Egypt, Monticello, Georgia. That's all eyes, E-G-I-T-T-G-A.com. Call us today. Now welcome back to the man of the hour.
1: The 490 degree angle is on a square because the square doesn't have its density. It hasn't become the cube in order to create the next 4 points. So square me the square gives you 300, how much is the square? 490 degrees? And the cube? 720. 720. If I had a black boy in front of me, I would draw a square, and i will get my 360 degrees, and then I would draw a cube. And you'll see that the point from which I join a line, the cube transformed itself either inward or outward. It's taking me from the physical into the next realm. I don't want to just say spiritual, It's, it's pulling me from the third dimension, the cube to the fourth dimension the square, when in actuality a cube has density. So it's, that's why they say it's an optical illusion to look at a square when you make the box, you can't tell the central point whether it's coming at you or going in. But you're looking at the square turn with the point facing you as opposed to a cube turn with the face. I hope I'm not losing you, but if I could draw this, it would be easier, because so I'm trying to draw this in our mind, and it can sound real confusing. So, in actuality, the 720 degrees that the cube produces gives you 360 degrees of the physical plane and 360 degrees of the spiritual plane. I don't want to use spiritual, because I don't want people to get spooky. Right? Where, uh, the square. A geometric symbol, a geometry, is only giving me 360 degrees of the, of the physical plane. I'm seeing it before it becomes what it is destined. And it only has one destination, because all the points are closed, and that is to become a cube. It's a reference to our character And what we are as a one-dimensional being, with the soul, when I look at this gentleman, I see his physical and I see him 360 degrees. I see what it takes to be a mortal, but I'm also looking at a spiritual being that will only come out when he is finished becoming what he is cut out to be. So in Freemasonry, they have what they call the asher, or the uncut stone, and it's carving until they get a perfect square. And then they continue to call until they manifest a perfect cube, And those stages are the growth of the shaping of our character. Because while we are squaring off our actions and deeds in the physical, it must have a reaction on the spiritual path. In order for me to get myself together physically I have to get myself together mentally. I cannot pretend I'm not using drugs no more. I have to stop using drugs. I can't pretend I'm not getting drunk no more. I have to stop so that square becomes a cube is a reference to a perfect passion. A
2: stone
4: cut
1: without the sound of a hammer, nor the sweat of a flower. That means you cut the stone, because you, as a being, is an uncut ashlar, a rough stone. It must be cut, and then do you become a perfect being? And most people say you can't ever become perfect. And I say, wrong. Well, if you're in the image and after the likeness of God, you have a destiny to become perfect. And is telling you you can't become perfect is dangerous, because that person is questioning the God quality in you and the gift that God gave you to be in his or her image and after his or her likeness. You do have a destiny to square yourself off. This more similar to symbolism in the black book it has yet to be elaborated on. And that's just all one of one. Okay?
5: Okay. Amen. <laughs> As the mysteries of Egypt treat you, the secrets of the pyramids and the scientists that built them. Well, now you can have these secrets. Now you can enter into ancient Egyptian order and learn who and what you are. Who built the birds?
1: Right here. Okay, oh, yes, okay. I'm going to try to find you. Okay, go ahead.
2: Robin, I can't remember. Robin, I have a question. It states that Ray's small name... Excuse me, I don't want to get moved. It states... Oh, excuse me, the black Okay. <laughs> <The> Pardon me. <Department. laughs> okay. 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 I got I got to be with you. Okay, um, in the black book, it states that Ray's small name is the rule. So later on, in the black book, it states that Elil was called the rule. So I guess my question is, what is the connection, if any, between these two beings having the same name and to the material that the serve? You mean these four beings, don't you? Four beings?
1: Because whenever you say Re, mm-hmm. you're saying Atum re, and re. Mm-hmm. And it depends on what gnomes in ancient Egypt you were in at the time and which one worshiped which deity. In some people are saying, say, a they had amun so they referred to amun there as Re because Amun was understood. As you Memphis, they had atum and they just referred to him as Re. So therefore, all of the anunnaki were Re. Fact, they all fall under the term Re. But that did not apply to all of the Samarians. All of the neo Egyptians, before the word Egyptos was used, were referred to as gray. That did not refer to the dynastic period that came out of
2: them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, I have a question on, on the Black Book, on page 33? I'm looking for a specific number of questions like this. You said that you had masters. One different pace that'll to get a message. <laughs> he a message, one, two, three, and then travel, excuse me, one and two, and then travel three, five, seven, and now you hold the key between one and nine. And um, I'm trying to get a clear understanding of number. Not being a girl. Pre- not being a
1: freemason you might not understand, but oftentimes the Freemasons, they might ask an individual, how old are you? And the answer is one, three, right up, uh, one, three, five. Right, and they making a reference to which degree of the ladder of Jacob they have mine. So I'm making reference to any Freemason who comes across that book and says, how old are you? I said, well, I'm already passed, one, three, five. And I went on to seven, up. they don't know, they don't get past three degrees, and those three degrees are one, three, five, and the and mathematics That's as high as they go. There's no such thing as 33 degrees in Freemasonry. There's no such thing as 32 degrees. The original degrees of Freemasonry are only three degrees. Everything else is honorary studies. The is, Egyptians, as we never gave them over three degree, we never allow them outside of persons, places, and things, and because they are the masses of most education and system's destiny, everybody, Muslim, Christian, jew are all trapped under three degrees, person, <laughs> places, and things, and as we say, I'm going to take people to a, another level, and just seven. Then at that point i say, and in the metaphysical or esoteric doctrine, you've been taught about the seven-seat culture or chakras. Well, because the people who were teaching that science only had seven, you follow? They don't know about the nine. Now I'm taking you from the seven up to the next. You have to learn about the next two chakras, not just the one that's in the crown side so to get to the like I said, you go to the ancient Egyptian word, you look in the dictionary under the, the word brow seat, you get the Egyptian word near, which you also know is been translated as pyramid or central fire. Right? Like right like there. They considered this, the quick point, the third eye. Then they went to the crown with their twelve occult nerves, which represent the twelve signs of the zodiac. And in the center of there, they put the seventh seats, the crown chakra. When they get back to Egypt at the temple of Hathor, or Hathor and they look on the ceiling for the sky, and they see the calendar of their daughter.
4: We will continue with the man of the hour, Dr. Malachi D. York, the reformer for this day and time, right after these messages. All Eyes on Egypt presents the Holy Tablet, backed by popular demand. Written and transcribed by Dr. Malachi Zodok Yoke L. The receiver. This is the scripture that is divinely inspired that will bring about a long overdue change, like the phoenix bird rising up out of its ashes. Up, you mighty people, come forth like Lazarus from the tomb. This tablet is food to feed the hunger and to nourish the soul to give it strength. Rise up, stand up, be counted amongst the people of this world. Be the first to get your copy of the Holy Tablet while supplies last. At all eyes on Egypt, Monticello, Georgia. 706-468-2319. Tune in to the L Tony Tablet Show every Friday and Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAD Radio.
3: Look at the Look at the People always debated, who's the greatest player of all time? Some questions. It should be who's the greatest
2: team all time WGAG radio sorry showtime
4: WGAG radio
2: back-to-back WGAG radio first three p.
4: WGAG radio
2: even with the flu
7: WGAG radio no push-off WGAG radio
2: and my
8: favorite
2: tough to beat that what you think there's someone else <physique> <Luke> mm-hmm.
6: <cynical noise in thought> look at the air, look at the hair Woo! Bring 'em out, bring 'em out, bring 'em out, bring 'em out, out. It's hard to yell when the barrel's in your mouth. Woo! Bring 'em out, bring them out.
1: Bring them out. Them out, bring them out, bring em out. out Bring 'em out, bring 'em out.
4: Ring them out, ring them out, ring them out. This is Metro Navarro. I'm calling in from Toledo, Ohio, and I want to get WGAG Radio a seven year happy anniversary. This is Empress Ross calling in from Reno, Nevada, and I would like to wish WGAG Radio a happy seven year anniversary.
2: It's seeing Lisa calling from Chicago, Illinois. I want to wish WGAG Radio a happy seven years and many more.
0: I'm a prestige.
4: Bill, get out, bring out,
6: bring him out, bring him out, bring him out, bring him out, bring him
1: out,
4: bring him out, bring him out, bring him out, bring him out, bring I came not care if my down, like, bitch, I'm trying to show you these shit, but
6: you keep raffling with
1: the fucking name. Hey, this is James, from the nation's capital, with the G radio, at 7.0. Years, and I will see more. This is peace and blessings, saying happy 7th anniversary to
6: WDAG Radio. Call from North Cross, Georgia. It wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the baddest, black, brilliant, big booty, baddest chick in the world, Don Nicole. nobody can do it like you, baby. We get go?
4: Yes, I will accept the word get Ghetto. Get on. do Get who's fucking
8: stopping. Tell yeah! yeah.
3: Honey Love calling from Remington, Washington to wish WGAG a happy 7th birthday. Peace, love, and prosperity, and much growth.
6: Yeah, this is Jay Illa calling from the great Long Star State of Texas. Just want to say Shaloon, Illa Cool, Fiel, Kuloon, to all within the all. He kept them sip y'all wounds. And congratulations on a strong 7 years to Don Nicole Leon, WGAG Radio, and the Brain Trust family. We're going to keep doing this shit forever. So when you got these you out
4: there, that's for one, have not embraced all, have not embraced God, look at women as as a piece of ass, and still ain't got ass, and still is low life, and all they they trying to honor. I say, find God, get your shit together, and then I'll let me later, nigga. Hey, Don, this is my baby love calling from Georgia, Georgia. And, of course, I have to give a seven-year birthday shout-out to WGAG, Real Nigga Radio, and to you, the baddest Disney El Calum, John McCoy. I'm attracted to 93 premiums at the goddamn gas station. <laughs> That's all i fucking attracted to, Charlie.
6: Radio. Mike check, Mike Tech, great day done Happy 7th anniversary to WGAG Radio This is Tony calling in from Memphis, Tennessee I want to wish a happy 7th birthday to WGAG Radio Y'all put it down all the time, real shit, for real motherfuckers So keep on keeping it real What's going on, It's So Memphis, the writer, calling from New York City wishing WGAG Radio, a happy
4: 7 years uh, this is for my girl, my baby girl, Johnny on WDAD Radio, Real Nigga Radio. Beautiful seven years, we gonna do seven more. This is, by the way, Sita Amma Aset, Amuna Ali L. right next door over in the ham. Uh, you know what? I'm proud of you, and it's just like I know you, and I am so proud of you. You're doing beautiful. You're like a, you're you're magical, you're magical you get me? I should have thrown that shit in there. <laughs> <laughs> but you are,
8: <laughs> <laughs>
4: but <laughs> girl, you got something going on. It's magic. It's beautiful. It's beautiful.
0: Keep it up. Keep going. Don't stop.
2: Yeah, it's your
6: boy Jay Iller, and when I ain't here banging out these amazing beats, I'm cooling with my piece at the Don Nicolion After Party. Come through and chat it up with us anytime. Meet up with the Brain Trust. Come listen to some good music. Get caught up in some good conversation. You may even catch a building session from time to time. Learn something new, get yourself inspired. What you gotta do, you have to go to www.powtalk.com, search Don on the After Party, and there you are. And here we go.
4: Now welcome back to the Man of the Hour. Shrine were protectors of the child.
2: What spiritual doctrine did they adhere to? Or were they just soldiers?
1: That's a strange question. You said since the shrine were the protectors of the child.
2: Are they protectors of the child? Okay, what spiritual doctrine did they adhere to? Were they mystics or were they just soldiers? Or did they have a spiritual doctrine? Or discipline, should I say? Right,
1: some of the original shriners belonged to what they referred to as the Khalwati order of the Mutasawwif or Sufis. And they were from the Masjid al-Ali, which in English becomes the temple of Ali. And that was in Sharq uh, al-Ausit or Saudi Arabia years ago, the family of the Prophet Muhammad called Ahl al-Bayt. So they had a mystical order of Sufis. Now, when you go back to the Torah or the Old Testament, you find out that these men are referred to as the Essenes. When you go back to Persia amongst the Parthia, uh, or they become known as the Magus or the Magi. So they always did have a secret doctrine. And their secret doctrine you find in the books of Job uh, you'll find in the books of Job 9, especially because they're talking about the constellations for the stars. And they use uh, four major stars there. They use the Orion star constellation called Kisil. Uh, they use Arcturus, Pleiades. And then they use Meserus. And the word Meserus translates as the 12 signs of the zodiac. You follow? So the original travelers by across the desert would use the stars as our guide to lead us from oasis to oasis to town to town to village to village and so they did have a doctrine that doctrine has been borrowed by the Greeks and Latin and watered down became known as astrology and uh, what do you call it zodiac today but they did have a doctrine the Magus in fact Jesus' son, Simeon Bar-Jesus, as meant found in Acts, he was also a part of the order, and they called him a Magus, if you read the books of Acts, right, because he belonged to the brotherhood. When Miriam, or Mary, was about to deliver, she had three men. Each of those men were leading a company of 15 men, when you do research, into Egypt. You get the story from the Coptic church, because the brother of Jesus called James, his real name was Yaacob, took the real teachings of Jesus into Egypt and back to the village where Mary was when he was a child amongst the Hendendower or the Bega people. When you go back and study that you'll find things that they didn't record or that the Nicene or those councilmen of Nicene took out of the Bible, took out certain books and that's why if you look at the Catholic Bible and then look at the King James Version of the Bible, you'll find the King James Version only has 66 books, and the Catholic Bible has 72 books. And this is it today, because the Catholic Bible was the original Bible, because the Roman Catholics, because Constantine was the first Roman to convert to Christianity. And the Bible that people are holding today, like we use, the King James Version was taken from the Tinsdale Version, which was taken from the Wycliffe, version, which was done in German before it was even brought to English, and then books were stolen and moved around, and translations confused, and words moved, and for instance the very word God in Genesis was altered from a pluralization to an infinite, that's why they say uh, in the beginning God, it leaves it where that could be God's one, two, three, four, five, when you look at the word God, so there was a mystical doctrine. There were secrets that were kept uh, and protected. Certain things that the brotherhood protected uh, about the family of Jesus, about the crucifixion of Jesus, about the life and whereabouts of Mary after Jesus. Uh, Jesus had what they refer to as sacred disciples like uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. And these individuals belonged to a sacred brotherhood of which Lazarus was initiated in. Okay, just to jump around a little. So we do have the wise men who were from a Persian chapter that came over to see the child that was born, actually to protect him. If you really read the Bible close, had not the wise men got there and told Joseph and Mary what to do, then Jesus might have died before he got baptized and received the power of God. Because the reality is that if Jesus had to leave Jerusalem and go to Egypt because Herod wanted to kill him, then the reality is he could die then. So he had to wait till he got to the point where he received the power of God, which was done by St. John the Baptist, who baptized him at age 29, where he received his Godship where he was invincible before, of course, the cross incident, as they put it, which of course part of the ritual is who was really on the cross, did they really die on the cross, did Jesus really marry, was the wedding a canon, whose wedding was that? All these things were held as secrets, but they recorded in Arabic. It wasn't put in other languages. And that's because Arabic preceded Hebrew, contrary to what most people believe. If you, uh, anybody has a Bible, and they open the books of Genesis to the 10th chapter, where they start giving you the genealogy coming down from Norenam, you'll find that a person called Ashur was before a person called Aram. As you look in the Hebrew text, wherever they have, you know, Syretic, you'll see they have Aram. They switched it around. But the word Ashur became known as Syretic, and that's Syria, Syria. And the language then well, in that area became known as Arabic. Let me make it clear. There's no such language, Arabic, became known as Arabic. Because the word Arabic... In Arabic, Arabiya, merely means to ara, to roam from place to place. And when Ibrahim, or in Hebrew, Abraham, right, left uh, of Chaldea to cross the Tigris-Euphrates to go over to Phoenicians, where they called him Ivri, or Hebrew, right, he was speaking Syriac. and they'll tell you Lebanon was Assyrian, and that was Abraham's, Nahar, Abraham's father's brother, Tyranim, was in Syria. Chaldea was considered Syrians. I don't want to lose you now. But that language, Arabic, existed first. This is why you have two different names in the Bible for God. One name being Yahweh or Jehovah, and the other name being Elohim. You follow? The word Yahweh or Jehovah is equivalent to when you say in Aramaic, Bar for son, as opposed to what you would say in Syretic, Ben for son. So that's why you have two sons, Bar, Jesus, and then Ben this, because two languages are running through the Bible. One of them is Syretic, or from Ashur, the oldest son, and the other is Aramic, which became known as Hebrew. Yahweh, or Jehovah, is a Hebrew name. But the word Elohim is the plural for Elo or Ilah or Allah, which is ancient Asherah or an Arabic name. You follow that? Jesus spoke Arabic. And that's why Jesus in the New Testament didn't call on Yahweh. He said, Eli. He used the word Ilah. Eli. Eli, Eli. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Because Jesus was a Nazarite, and he lived in Galilee, and the Galileans spoke Arabic, which you read in Acts when they start talking about the speaking in tongues. When you do a research, you find out that most of those tongues or languages they were speaking was different variations of Arabic, Syria, Egypt, and such. So Jesus himself spoke a form of Arabic as well as he did understand uh, the Nazarite dialect and Aramaic, but his key language was Arabic that's why he used the word Eli and not Jehovah when he was on the cross and throughout the Bible you find men that have Eli in their name or El in their name dealing with the Assyric side of the family which came down to Abraham to Ishmael see how that went now you notice the Arabic verbs in their roots are all three parts you should notice in the grammar of that language, all their root verbs are three parts. Like if they was going to give you the root word for book, it would be ketebes. You know what I'm saying? What's going to be read is karaha. Three parts. Sit So now, when you get to the name for Abraham, you get Abraham. Avram or Ibrahim. When you get to his son by Hiket, which is Hagar, it becomes Ishmael. Correct? But the other son, they had to give him an Arabic name. Because his name was Yaakov
8: or Jacob.
1: And they changed his name to Israel. They gave him an Arabic name and moved from the Aramic to the Ashuric. You follow that? Because that's how the name comes. Yeshua. That's Jesus in Hebrew. Yeshua. It's three parts. You follow? So the shrine, the original shrines were formed out of the families of the prophet from Amr, right? Who became known as Hashem. And we get the word Hashemi, which is assassins. Who were protecting the pilgrims, as I said many times, who were on their way into the holy city of Mecca. I'm stressing Becca with a B, because there's no city in the Arabic of the Quran called Mecca. This is a mistake done when they translated or took it from handwritten scripts from the original Arabic, which was a form of Pharisee script that you see in the Quran today, and they translated an a mim or meme got mixed up with a beh because there was no nukat. The word nukat means dots. There was no nukat. There was no dots on the Arabic. There was no fatha, no kasra, no dumba, no slashes or vowels originally. So they really couldn't tell. It depended on the calligrapher. So someone made a mistake when they were taking this Quran and not translating it but inscribing it from the dialect of the Quraysh in Arabia over to Farsi where Ali went to protect the Quran against the Caucasian groups of Sunni Muslims under Abu Bakr and his daughter Aisha, who were trying to take over Islam, who formed Sunni Islam to oppose Shia Islam, the Islam of Muhammad and Ali's family. So while he was protecting the Quran, they had to take it and put it in a language or script that they couldn't read and that script became known as Kufik because they did it in a place called Kufr and the letters got shifted. Now people are going to Mecca when in actuality that word Mecca is not in the Quran in Arabic. When you look in the English translation you may see and then you look at a commentary to explain well that's a mistake. The city is called Becca. Well Becca was a center of trade and wealth, and the family of the Quraysh, or Muhammad's own family, were those responsible for protecting that city. So Muhammad's uncle named Hamza, who was a descendant from Hashem, decided to put together a band of men called Hashemiah, or assassins, and they dressed in all black. They depicted them in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, they thought they were being funny, and they also depicted them in um, Jewel of the Nile when they show you them all dressed in black with red sashes. or so the guy who runs up on the mound and switches the sword and he just turns around and politely shoots him. You remember that incident? Well, that man with the black mask on, the black emma or turban and the black robe and red sash belonged to the Sacred Brotherhood and the original shrine. That was their traditional dress. You couldn't have had a tarbush or a fez if it originated in Saudi Arabia because the tarbush and the fez did not originate in Saudi Arabia. So Tarabush originated in Turkey and Egypt, and Fez is a city called Fez in Morocco. So it couldn't have had a Fez as a dress, part of our original dress, if we originated in Arabia during the time of Ali. We would have been wearing the clothes that's in the Hadith and the Sunnah of Muhammad. Otherwise, we would have been considered going against Islam. So Hamza was known to wear all black, and he took a band of blood relatives, young idle men of course and women amongst them to cook and prepare and went out and surrounded Becca or what's called Mecca and set up camps out there and they became known as the tribe of Kedar. Kedar was the second son of Ishmael and means black tents. So they were known to have these black tents and anytime caravans were en route to Becca if any uh, hoodlums or bandits would try to attack them to rob them of their spices or whatever they're transporting, then the tribe hums them them would capture them try them and sentence them and execute them by in most cases beheading them you follow that became a fierce group of men as years passed let me jump some years as the crusade came into play Then people had to protect the original city, where Masjid al-Aqsar is, which is in Jerusalem. Because Muslims had a vested interest in there, because in that city in Hebron was Ibrahim's mosque. Then they had the spot of the Ascension where Ibrahim was challenged by the devil, which is the Dome of the Rock. All that was there. So tribes from the Hashemi, who are now... Incarnido, who don't walk around dressed in black images no more because we're way up to the 10th century now. They would go over there and they moved and lived amongst those people there and were trying to protect the shrines and the shriners. You follow that? Those people who went, shrineers, meaning those people who went to worship at the shrine. So they would secretly protect them. Meanwhile, the Christians on the other hand had their own group. Their group were known as Knights Templars. They were influenced out of Spain first, out of a place called Alhambra or Seville, where they encountered Moors, and they're the ones who had the feathers. They encountered the Moors, and the Moors taught them, and they were the Catholic order, and became known as Knights of Columbus. You follow that? And then their Islamic order became known as Alhambra. We know it was done by people who wasn't Arabs, because they say Alhambra, and the word is alhamraah because it means the red house. You follow that? And the word is Hamra, not uh, not Hambra with a B. All right. These men were also paid large sums of money to go to Jerusalem to protect the holy sites while these people are fighting. Back then, they didn't have to worry too much about bombs. It was mainly to defend the temples and the uh, priests against the rebels. What eventually happened is, here you are, a Knights Templar, and I am a Shriner, a Muslim Shriner, and we are both protecting the same building because the building is sacred to you, <laughs> for Jesus, and it's sacred to me because of Abraham and Muhammad. Muhammad making his ascension called Isra over there. So now, we are there for the same reason Eventually what happens is we start playing chess because we're idle. We're sitting there and we start exchanging conversations and then we start discussing the scripture and then these so-called Catholics, there was no Baptists then, no Lutherans, started debating with the Muslims and the Muslims with them and they found out that they had more in common than they thought. They didn't know there was whole surahs or chapters in the Quran about Mary. They didn't know that was there, and about her immaculate conception and how Jesus was the Kalim Allah, the Word of Allah, and the Rahul Allah, and the Spirit of Allah, and Jesus was exalted in this world and the hereafter, and Jesus' folk forget. They didn't know that was in the Muslim doctrine. All they heard was the cry, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, and let's go kill people. So as they started to meet, then some of the Knights of Tabla became inquisitive about Islam, wanting to know more. They wanted to learn more about the prayer, and the adhan, and the iqamah, and the Muqtadi. And they tell them, well, before you do that, you got to take shahada. Shahada is a word meaning bearing witness. you got to take shahada that you worship one God and that God alone and have no partners with that God. It's no big deal because they basically believe that. So they took shahada and they started coming into the temple. It was allowed now in the messages with the Muslims as long as they respected it. They knew that they wasn't devout. Some of the Templars started learning the Arabic language and starting to read the Qur'an in the language. They became the original Shrinists. The story that the Caucasians give about beating in a restaurant and all that stuff is something they made up. You follow? They became the original Shrinists there. That's the first time Caucasians or non-Arabs were allowed to wear the symbol. you're right, and to be introduced to a small portion of the doctrine. They were given certain stories as symbols to test their loyalty. And they were given certain trials and certain, what you might call, examinations to see how firm they were before certain secrets could be passed on to them about the truth about Jesus and the truth about Mary and the truth about Judas, you follow? And some of these men took that oath. Eventually, the French foreign legion is formed. You follow what I'm saying? And these are supposed to be the French Orient who have now converted to Islam, and they're there protecting the deserts. Now they're converting from France, they're converting from Britain, they're coming from Ireland, they're different ones, and they're basically Catholics but they are adhering to the Islamic principles because they had to respect the Islamic law. You never put your foot up in front of a person. You never do this. When you meet a person, you say, Assalamu alaikum. And see what that mean? It says the same thing Jesus said in the upper room when he came and he said, peace be upon you. So no, again, yeah. Assalamu alaikum. So that's how that ends up in the Shrine the of Father Doctrine. I can't go into the rituals. I can't tell you everything. but in certain in the rituals, certain stories are enacted that can be found in Sirat al in the history of Islam. You can find everything. You follow? And one of the things they did is the Caucasian ones got attached to a certain man called Qadir. Remember that jewel of the Nile? And he was going to try to rule everybody. Danny DeVito was in this, remember that? And they called him Qadir. He's trying to find the jewel or the stone of the Nile, which is, of course, the black stone which is not black, it's brown. <laughs> you have to see it to know which is another mistake. All right, so what happens is this man, there was a very powerful Sufi or a mystic, a fakir. When you use the word fakir, you're really saying a very poor person, All right? And he had his own band of men who were like the Hashemiah. And the Caucasians admired him. When he died, they set up a ritual to reenact his death over and over again. Cajuns in New York were invited to Algiers. First they visited Morocco for a party, then they visited Egypt for a party, and then they visited Algiers. While in Algiers, they went to a certain sultan's party. And at that sultan's party, they were enacting a play of a part of the history of Islam with Aisha. Aisha, one of the wives of the prophet, and something she did wrong. They were enacting this play and this enactment became, a, it was like a mystical ritual for the brothers. These Caucasians were so overwhelmed by this play and this enactment that they brought it back to the United States in manuscripts poorly translated and set up their own ritual and formed what they called the shrine. Most of the Negroes who accepted their philosophy or petition to go to them had no idea that there was already a black shrine. You follow? People like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Noble Drew Ali, uh, Marcus Moses Gavi, all of these guys were tapped by a man called Dus Ali. Muhammad or this Muhammad Ali of Egypt who belonged to the Egyptian shrine called Masjid al-Hussein over at Khan and that's the Arab shrine in Egypt across the street from the University of Al-Azhar and that's where those Arab shrines meet. A lot of American Negroes have no idea that we have an Arabic shrine, an ancient doctrine, ancient rituals the thing they're holding in their hand is something that some Caucasians found a little bit of, and they're, passing on, and they're wondering where the, where the gap is at. What are we missing? I thought there was some secrets. Well, there is. They just don't have them because they got away from their own language. The first trick comes in is before you get into the shrine, you must be a what? What must you be before you get into the shrine? A Freemason. A Freemason? A Freemason. That means you have to be a free man, right? Free from free too, Huh? See, this is already assuming that everybody that wants to join was a slave. And if that's true, then how the Caucasians end up effing AM? Who freed them? The fact is that they were slaves because the actual word slave, as you know, means Slavic. And they were slaves to the Moors in Morocco and in Spain. You understand? And they were slaves to the Moors in Ireland and Scotland and Yorkshire in England where you'll find crests to this very day with pictures of Moors on the family crests of all of those countries. Africans up there, Moors, you hear me? So a Moor cannot be freed because a Moor was never a slave. You have to understand that there was a treaty made between George Washington and Sidi Mohammed of Morocco when America was losing the battle for us to bring in ships from Morocco and to surround America and protect the shores. You can look this up. And you know what happened?
8: Boats of Negroes came.
1: You know what I'm saying? George Washington was surprised because they had already had Africans in slavery. And the men that came to protect America were Negroes called Morenos. There's no Arabic word for more. They were called Morenos. So what they did is they called the ones that were here from Africa by slave ships, Negra or Negro or Negro. Guess where that comes from? That comes out of the Bible, in Acts chapter 13, verse 1. The word nigger is in your Bible. Simeon, the brother of Jesus, Simon, the brother of Jesus is called nigger. And if you do some research under the word nigger in Greek, you'll find out it means black-skinned person, which kind of tells you what Jesus really looked like, right in your Bible. You follow what I'm saying? So they called the ones that were slaves in America, niggers or Negroes. And they called the ones they respected, morenos or morena. And then the ones who married in, they called blackamoors. They were part African and part Moor. Now, any African who wanted to join a large who was in, in America a slave, had first to be free. He had to be free because you have to be a free man. <laughs> See? But the Moors didn't need to be free because we are the ones that initiated them and raised them and crossed them. We took them across the desert because they couldn't find their way from Saudi Arabia to Syria and from Syria over to Egypt. And it's a map of the constellation of Sirius that's in the sky, and that's the symbol that the original Hashemites would use. They would draw a certain marking, and that's where they say Jesus got down and marked something on the ground. That's a ritual symbol. You with me? So you have two groups now. You have the American Negroes who have been enslaved, accepted themselves as slaves. Then you have the Moors who came over here from Morocco, you follow that? Both of them are black as night, will never be here. And you can't free a Moor, because a Moor has never been enslaved. That's why we here call ourselves United and Nation of Moors. And we demand that our sovereignty be recognized, because we have a treaty that we made with George Washington that's in the archives, and we can show it. And we could take our bloodline back and verify that you can't give me a charter from England. I gave you the charter, silly. You can't make me a Shriner. Huh? You don't even know how to say Shriner in out of it. They make the mistake on all the certificates to put the word Kuppt, kubba, in out of it. It's just not kubba. A kubba shrine is where a dead person is at. Now, if you wait for me to give you the word, I'm not. 'Cause that's one of the real sacred passwords <laughs> that you have to find out on your own due time. You with me? So now you have this situation where you got slaves, niggers, and those who call themselves Negroes, and then a man called Prince Hall, who has a Caucasian father and a Barbadian French mother, who was also a slave. Right? But he had to be free. So therefore, they referred to his lodge as an African lodge. But Noble Jouali, on the other hand, who went over to Egypt to study, and into Morocco to study, came back and said, no, we are not Negroes. We are not colored people. We are not African Americans. The word Africa, Ifriqia, means faraka to divide up into pieces to distinguish people from each other it's not one of our words that's not us we're not african or right we're not Negroes. we're not colored in fact caucasians got more colors on them than we do they got blue eyes and pink skin and speckled and red hair some and brown hair others and green hair and so much other stuff you none of y'all are colored so Juali came back and through him came out the Nation of Islam. And they, they were trying to teach a form of Moorish doctrine. And it got lost along the way when money took over the logic like in all situations. And it went dormant. You follow me? So there was original shrine. There was original secrets and protectors of the Holy Child. The Holy Child that was born 2,000 years ago. And the one that will be born soon according to Revelation chapter 12 which people don't seem to realize there's two distinctive verbs taking place because they don't know how to read the languages. They're getting King James Version, and King James was a king, not a reverend, and not a translator. He didn't even profess to be a Baptist. (laughs) He was a what? Anglican. They were a branch of Roman Catholics. He used a Roman Catholic Bible, so when they decided to do his version, he decided to leave them books out and put 66 books in. You hear me? And left out six books. 66 and 6. Revelations chapter 13 has 18 verses. Three times. Six. They were putting a code there to let you know that you're holding the book of the devil. When they gave you the Holy Bible, you follow? You know why? Because when it leaves the original language, the language of God, it's no longer holy. You know how you know that? Because Christ said, "Not one jot, nor one tittle." Shall be removed from the law. Nothing should have been changed. He said, I did not come to change, but to fulfill, to complete it. So if it got changed from Christ's time in the language that Christ was speaking, then it's no longer holy. It's only holy when the high priests are reciting it in the language of Christ. Can you grasp that Are you with me here? I know it sounds weird after all these years of poor indoctrination, but I specialize in language. And it's fascinating to find out how the devil played this game and try to wake people up to this. If it's in English, it's not holy. It's holy by Bill, but not the holy by Bull. Completely done by a man named Bill, and Billy is short for William, and William is William Shakespeare, and William Sindale, who wrote the whole Bible, totally done by Bill, but not the Holy Bible. You understand? This is all done purposely. So when you are in the shrine and you are reading your rituals in English and can't read the Arabic language, and call it an Arabic order, you are out of order. You must get it organized because it's ours. Don't think it don't exist because it does. Don't think that people who are descendants of the Prophet Muhammad, the real Sharif and the Sayyid don't exist because I'm standing right here. And everybody that knows me knows that I'm a direct descendant from Muhammad. Saying I'm nothing, I'm saying today I can trace my family from my father straight on back to Muhammad to Ali, and we still have the doctrine, and we still have the language, and we're still here to protect Asa when he comes, when Jesus is born. It is our job as the shrine as the heavenly host. We have a war. We got to fight against that dragon. The partying is over. The children we've been taking care of as a shrine is a symbolic of us taking care of that child. That's why in 1997, they call it the International Year of the Child, but they address taking care of all children. So we, the shrine, have been taking care of all the children as a symbol of preparation to take care of that holy child when he is born. And notice, are y'all with me? And notice that the dragon, Revelation chapter twelve, the devil, called Lucifer, they give you all his name, and Satan is waiting to devour the child. And if you go back to Genesis chapter three, when the harsh, his name is the whisper, is being cursed, what they tell you? On thy belly shall thou go. And what? Dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Snakes don't eat dust. Are you with me? You all with me? (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) You're the spirit, right? (laughs) When Cain had his confidence fall because he did not do the ritual of the offerings right, you see? He got mad. He became worse. Angry. Because he wasn't doing it right. I've met shrines. I'm talking. I said, well, brother, that's not the shrine. I've been in the sh- that's not the real shrine. You an Arab, brother. That's some stuff we gave the Caucasians to keep them busy. Ain't nothing in there you learned. Want me teach you some stuff, some real shrine stuff? Because you're my brother. You a Moor. They get mad at me. You're worse. You can't go organize your own thing. We organize our own thing. We existed since Muhammad. You're organizing your own thing. We're talking about some guy just said he got it in 1860. And we've been around doing this here since 570. 1860 versus 570. Who do you think the faker is? Our shrine we're still speaking out of it. Still protecting the secret. You with me? But that came. He was worse. That means angry. And his consonance, as it says in the Hebrew of the Bible, nephel. His consonance fell. Nephel. Hear the word? Nephel. It's from the Hebrew word nephelah. to fall down, from where you get the word nephelion, when it says giants in the earth in those days. And the sons of God came down to earth in his days. That's when the devil was being cast out of heaven, as you read in Revelation chapter 12, because he went up against Michael. Who was Mikael? Mithael in Hebrew. He, he said, who dares to go up against El? That's what his name means. Mithael in Hebrew. Like El, who dares to try to be like God? And Lucifer did. <laughs> he said he's going to take all the stars of the heaven and control them. Ain't that what he said? He's going to bring it down, and he's going to sit on the throne of God. Ain't that what he said? <laughs> and he fooled himself, didn't he? Because God didn't come out. God sent one of his warring angels, one of his shriners. <laughs> Are you with me? And there was war in heaven. People say, well, brother, York, how can they have a war in heaven? They have birth in heaven. They have birth in heaven. Open your Bible to Genesis chapter 2. And when you read, these are the generations of the heaven and the earth, in Hebrew the word is tuslid or toslu. And the word in there, in Hebrew, means to give birth or beget. In any other place in the Bible where some people, a man and woman, is giving birth to a child, and they say he begot him, and he begot him, they're using the word Tuslo, Tuslo. toslu. So it says, this is the generation, this is the toslu, of the Shemarim, the heavens, iris, and the earth in Hebrew. Then you lie to yourself. So everybody who can do me a favor, reach down and pick up a handful of this stuff here.
8: <laughs>
1: Hold this stuff up in your hand. You see this? What is this? Sand. This is Earth. This is Earth. Now what's the name of your planet? Huh? That can't be, because this is Earth. What is the name of this planet? Y'all have named everybody else's planet. mercury Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto—but you don't even have a name for your own planet. The Christians don't have it. The Jews use the word Eretz in Hebrew, meaning Earth. The Muslims use the word Arda in Arabic, meaning Earth. Arda, Earth. Where'd they steal it from? The Sumerians who use the word for one part of the earth where they came down as Genesis chapter 6 says. So what is the name of your planet? (laughs) (laughs) Praise God, you don't have one, huh? (laughs) Your doctrine, your Bible is so thorough that it forgot to give you the name of your own planet. You hear me? These are things we know. These are things we protect. You feel me? Desecrated, method, It lost its purpose. And, you know, and I just say, we got to bring it, bring it back to its purpose. If mm-hmm. we can't bring it back to its purpose, then what did Muhammad do it for? Mm-hmm. For humans like us to come and mess it up? Mm-hmm. For mortal men to come in and trip mm-hmm. imams and sheikhs and mulanas to change things and make themselves feel important? No, Islam is simple. Islam is peace that's all it is it's peace how can you be and I used to argue all the time Islam means peace Islam means submit no Islam means peace Islam means submit Islam means peace because if you if you submit to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you're in peace how can you miss that you know they want to wrestle with doctrines and dogmas what's the root of it all peace and how do you get to peace by caring I told people what I'm afraid of the word love everybody say love each other well, love could be lust, too. Because the media has worked the word love so much until we got to throw that word almost away and start and use the word care. If you start to really care, care becomes a thing. And people use care more than the, the, the desecrated word love will disappear and caring will become real. Learn to care. It's simple. You know, it's not about care about who or care about what. Just care and everything will start happening. And if everybody just cares, you know what I'm saying, then the heavens care. And then Mother Nature will care again. Then the tornadoes and the hurricanes and the floods will stop. Because she'll know that we care. If all of us, until that time, until we can get that, we're going to have more floods, more diseases. They said a thousand children get aid today. We're going to have all kinds of things until the aura, the energy, the persona of of care, that people are starting to care. When you see somebody in stress, help them. But don't help them just because I said so. Learn to help them because you care. You understand? really want to help a person. Don't just be pushing people aside. You know, reach out. And everybody, we all, you know what's going to happen? We're going to bump into each other. I'm going to be trying to help you. You'll be trying to help me. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'll be trying to help you. I'm trying to help you too. Let's go help somebody together. All that, everything else, all religions, all faiths, all beliefs, belief systems, they don't mean a thing if the root of it is not simple concerns. Simple concerns. For people of Palestine, they say, what do you worship? And they say, well, Yahweh, Adonai, in Hebrew, Evrit. Strip away the word, Adonai. Strip away the word Yahweh. What do you worship? Strip away the name. The Creator, the Source. Okay, let's go now. Let's go from Jerusalem, from the Western Wall to Mexico and say, what do you worship? Allah, al khaliq Al-Ali, Al-Alim. Okay, strip away the name. What is he? The Most High. Now let's go to Christianity. Who do you worship? Jesus. No. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one gets to the Father but my way. By me. Let's go to the Father. Who is the Father? The Most High. So where's the conflict? The conflict is in men, mortal men who want a monopoly on human souls. And they're our our greatest, I mean our greatest enemy is uh, is dogma, is doctrine, is philosophy, is interpretation, is tafsir. This is our biggest problem when men come in and feel they gotta tell
5: you how to relate to
1: God. That's the problem. And he gets a uniform, he's a clergy and he's full of color and he looks good, and he sounds good and I like that old man. He got a white beard, he got the God look and I forget God for him. And he gets so used to being a reverend and so used to being an imam so used to be a kohen or a rabbi he gets this God complex. And eventually, guess what? Whenever I'm in distress, I go to him. I say, yeah, yeah, chef, I need I have a problem. Instead of me going to Allah I go to the reverend. Excuse me, um, I'm having a problem at home. Oh, rabbi, I'm having a problem. What happened? Men stepped in. And they started cutting off the flow between you and the Most High. And they make themselves a focal point through you. I told people, I don't have no followers. Oh, you're all followers of this guy, Dr. I don't have no followers. I don't want nobody walking behind me. You walk alongside of me in this world. Don't tell nobody I follow you. Don't follow me. I follow you. I'm here serving you, you ain't serving me. I'm doing my best to teach you, so I'm really your slave. You're not my slave. I'm, here to, I'm just trying to pass on what they're giving me to give you. They said, get it back in place. I'm just all I'm trying to do. That's all. This, this, this ritual used to take place in ancient Mith or Mithraim or Kemet, whatever name you want to use, thousands of years ago. You go all up in Europe, and you'll find inside the cathedrals, labyrinth, where the priest, not the laymen, the priests. When everybody left the cathedrals, their priests go around in a labyrinth. You go to China, you'll see the same thing, labyrinth. When did they pull the labyrinth out of our way of life? You know why? Because everybody there right now is on their own personal journey. There's no preacher up front telling them what to feel. No, no rabbi directing their emotions, when you get over under that sprinkle, and that sprinkle of water touches you, then it's just you and the Most High. And you know it, and you feel it when you're out there. There's nobody else. You don't need no reverence. You don't need no rabbi. You don't need none of those things. You have a direct contact, a direct link to the Most High. And if you let men cut it off, it's your
2: fault. You
1: are a part of it all. You're not just in the all. You are in all. The, the definite article, is to define the first step or the doorway into all. So you start by saying, I am in the all. And as you elevate, you realize the the got to go. I'm not in the all. I'm in all. All is in me. You're not just a part of the all. You start off a part of the all as you begin to acknowledge the all. But once you get a full understanding of the all, you no longer are a part of the all. You are the all. And that's why that, that hum on that tone in there is supposed to be the vibration of creation. In ancient times, they say om. Same tone, om. And out of it, we say no.
4: The way we would recite the Quran in Tajweed is Hunnam. Oh. If you say, I Say that.
1: different people start at different times because it's personal. Let the
5: whole
8: world
5: think
1: Let the whole world feel vibration, life. When a baby comes into the world, the first thing they do is say, ah. And that chaos and the anger that we've created in the world makes them cry out. You know? Realign yourself. Realign yourself. There's no more beautiful thing you can do than to realign yourself with the source that cares. You know what I'm saying? When someone is angry at you, don't, vote to respond don't people vote to do anything that your soul doesn't dictate don't be guided don't be led guide and lead you know reach out and make yourself a part of the solution not the problem everybody here who has a child when you pick up your child that feeling that you feel is how you should feel when you touch everybody is there Everybody you come in contact with should be that same love. I should care. And I can feel if I care. If you're weak, if you're ill, I'll feel it. And I should want to share my strength from every bit. But the way I go in my pocket and give you to help feed you, and if I'm healthy, when I, when I embrace you, I should send my help to you also. Not just gather in a building and pretend we care. Sit around and everybody use the same name for God. It mean, means religion. Don't mean a thing. So don't mean a thing until you realign yourself. The universe, the sky, with the air, when birds see you and they're familiar because they feel your presence and they're not afraid of you. Animals are not afraid of you when you feel they feel you. you have no fear. When they see you, that, that animalistic nature in you, they're afraid of you. Plants will grow. Plants in your yard that wouldn't grow. When your house is changed to a peaceful place, you'll see plants' flowers growing. Mother Nature will give you signs that she knows that you're trying to reach her. And you may stumble along the way because babies do fall. You may get weak and fall off the path. That happens. But if you've got a focal point, if you've got a purpose, if you set up goals, I don't mean vague, I mean vivid, clear. I got to do something. I got to be a part of the solution. That's all. Talk oh, all bunch of kids on drugs. That's not being a part of it. I got to tell them why they don't need it. I got to create an atmosphere for them where they feel good. I'm telling you, when you people look around here, what, what I see here, there's people that if I saw on the street, I might have been nervous if I approached them. I might have felt uncomfortable, but I don't. I got everything here. You got everything here from old people to young people. Hip-hoppers. <laughs> right on down to R&Bers. Nobody's having no problems. Don't tell me, there's no, don't tell me there can't be peace. There can't be peace. All people got, enough people got to do is want it. Don't desire it. Want it. If you want it, you'll go after it. If you desire it, you'll look for someone to bring it to you. Get up and go after it. Look around. Look at all the different people, all the different faces. This is something that is going to go on forever. When you leave and go wherever you're going, I'm going to be doing this next week. I'm going to be coming down and doing it again. If I leave and go somewhere, when I fly back in or drive back in, my first stop is going to be... There again, keep on sending that energy of love out into the world and care. 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 Keep sending out. Keep sending out. But look at them. Yes. Just look at that. Yes. You know yes. I mean, what could beat that? You know how many people how many people here made there, Mugharaj? How do you feel? Good. Good, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. Personal, beautiful, personal, as a personal beauty. We got to work again towards having that type of earthly harmony, right. earthly harmony, not black harmony, I non-Nuvian mean, harmony, earthly harmony as a family of human beings who want to live in peace. Right. I'm right. not saying right. the government is all bad, and I know for sure if we set up our own government somewhere along the line, it's also going to go bad because you can't control corruption. Brooklyn finds its way in. Always. Scandals find their way in. Slander finds its way in. It's having so much good and love amongst us that it's dominating. Only you people could bring that forth. No one wins the race no one. And we can all do that. Be yourself, and you ain't got nothing to be worried about. Stop trying to be other than self, you ain't got no problem. You know what I'm saying? Just trying to be somebody you can't be is why you mad at them. If you let things be the way they're supposed to be, trees will grow, flowers will grow, and everything will be happy. Stop killing and eating animals. You know what I'm saying? Stop cutting up the trees. Plant some trees. Plant some flowers. And if you live in a city where it's bricks and you can't do it, get out of
8: here.
1: <laughs> I want to see families roaming all over this place. We don't want to turn into, no, you know, ghetto now. <laughs> we want to break everything up there. you know there are some destructive people. We have to everybody to police our society everybody to police the children, everybody's responsible for what's going into their head. I don't want to be restricted. I don't, New York is good. I want the children to learn New York. I also want them to learn French. I want them to learn Spanish. I want them to learn English. Even German if we have to. We want to reach out to everybody in the world so we can set up a model community of team, a model community of cooperation. We learn to buy from each other and sell to others. Right. that's the way the system is set up those who ain't selling nothing is buying everything so we gotta learn to produce things that are us Egypt is us so we should corner the Egyptian market as a nation you got to have a product a produce you got to have something that other people in the world respect and want and you can't go going and fabricate something because it won't work up for so long it has to have some indigenous root in it and all of us have roots in Egypt. All of us have roots in Samaria, even pre-Egypt. We have roots in this land here. And from Africa, people walked everywhere. They didn't just walk across America. They walked up into Africa, up into Europe, and became Neanderthals. They walked all out to the west, eastward, and became Peking. And from Uganda, they walked over here and became Almat. They went down southern parts of them, and became the Bush people. We walked in every direction from one family, from one group of beings that were tapped into by supreme beings. Whether you want to call it God, Yahweh, Elohim, Allah, whatever name makes you feel good, that's not important. But we do know as Homo erectus, some beings stepped in
0: and implanted a gene that made Homo sapiens that took us all the way this far, but way down the root of our genes, was still that animal nature.
1: And as time went on, that gene started tumbling, if you watch watch closely, people are transforming back into animals. Killing each other for nothing. They got mothers sticking their babies in garbage cans. Many animals in the animal kingdom desert their children and let them stand for self. That's not supposed to be in a gargony nature. We have an animal nature and we have a godly nature. They work together, but the godly nature must rule the animal nature. Right. The principles of love must rule the principles of hate and dislike. <laughs>
8: I think the problem
1: with that is that the word love, the devil has even set out to mess up the word love. So let's start caring first. Yes. Let's use caring first, become concerned about people around you. I mean the stranger, speak to the stranger politely. good morning. When you see somebody in stress, help them. Because you might be the person in stress that will be helping himself. If you see somebody down, pick them up. You stand there with money in your pocket, someone's talking about their bills, let me think about those new sneakers.
8: Say, hey, let me help
1: you pay them bills. Make that person strong. You got right knowledge. It doesn't mean every time you meet somebody who belongs to the Christian faith, you got to badge of them, just to prove how great you are. No, that doesn't make you look good, it makes you look bad. You got to wean them the way a mother weans her baby with kids, and give them health, and vitality, and strength, and comfort, and assurance. They got to feel comfortable when they're talking to you, because you are the sons and daughters of God. And they've been longing for you. They've been waiting for this. You can't come off like up, up.
3: <laughs> You're
1: supposed to walk with them and talk with them. As they say, Enoch walked and talked with God. Well, you're that God that Enoch walked and talked with. Don't feel intimidated by monotheism. Because many people could only afford one pair of shoes. And some people could only have enough worship for one God. Others can extend further than that. They can thank the God of love, the God of nature, the God of air, the God of the sun, but I tell everybody that belongs to any religion on this planet,
0: if you don't acknowledge that, I I don't care what you worship, you won't be here.
5: the of the prophet Adam, the book of life first page, verses 1 through 55, revealed in the year 3126 BCE. Mm. Bismillah al-A'lim al-Hakim. Begin all things with the illustrious name of Allah, the Noah, the wise, huh? the body of Al-Khidr. It is related records that Allah, most glorified and exalted, thought of becoming and became, and He created three states. La'hut, the realm of Allah. Malakut, the realm of angelic beings. And Na'sut, the realm of human beings. Or the first physical world the last he created a being to rule over Malakut the realm of the angelic being he was myself Michael of his pure light and he was to create a human being to rule over Nessot the realm of the human being he is to be called Adam, son of Allah. And as for Lahut, the realm of Allah, his throne is there. Allah most glorified and exalted created a green tree with four branches and called it the tree of certainty, Shajaratul Yaqeen, also known as Loti tree or the green tree. Then he created my light, Michael, a khidr, in a veil of green emerald, like the wing of a peacock, and placed it on that tree. So my light said, Subhanallah, glory to Allah, on it for six and seventy trillion years. Then Allah, most glorified and exalted, created the maroon of light, which is the light of the seraphim. They are one race of angelic beings, angelic beings of the green light, and from its reflection created the cherubim, angelic beings of the lesser light, the second race of angelic beings. And the mirror was placed to receive that light of Allah, most glorified and exalted, when the peacock looked into it, it saw its form as the most beautiful of forms, and its shape as the most adorned. So it felt embarrassed before Allah, most glorified and exalted, and sweated. Seven drops of sweat fell from it. And from the first drop, Allah, most glorifying and exalted, created you, the prophet Adam, son of Allah. May Allah be pleased with you to be the ruler of Nasud, the realm of human beings. From the second, he is to create one called the prophet Apostle Noah, son of Lamech. May Allah be pleased with him. And from the third, he is to create one called the prophet-apostle Abraham, son of Terah. May Allah be pleased with him. And from the fourth, he is to create two called the apostle Isma'il and Isaac, sons of the prophet-apostle Abraham. May Allah be pleased with them. From the fifth, he is to create two called the prophet apostle Moses and the prophet Aaron sons of Imran may Allah be pleased with them from the sixth he is to create the prophet Messiah Jesus son of Gabriel one of the seraphim angelic beings of the green Light. he shall be his only begotten in his time may Allah pleased with him and from the seventh he will create one called the Prophet Apostle Ahmed son of Abdullah. May Allah be pleased with them all. Then that light of the Prophet Apostle Ahmed son of Abdullah prostrated five times. So the five prostrations were to become obligatory for the followers at an appointed time. And so Allah Most Glorified and Exalted made five prayers obligatory for the Prophet Apostle Ahmed and his nation. Then Allah Most Glorified and Exalted looked at the light again and it sweated from modesty before Allah Most Glorified and Exalted. From the sweat of its nose, Allah Most Glorified and Exalted created more of the angelic beings angelic beings of the green light from the sweat of its face he created the masjid in Jerusalem the footstool the tablet of form the pen the sun the moon the veil and the stars and what is in the heavens from the breast he created the man the God the Mujedni reform, the men of knowledge and the martyrs, and from the sweat of its back, he created the visitors the house, the God, the holy house, one in Malakut, the realm of the angelic beings, and one in Nassau, the realm of the human beings. And the places of the Masajid is nascent, the realm of the human being. From the sweat of his two eyebrows, he will create the community of the Prophet Apostle Ahmed, son of Abdullah. May Allah be pleased with him. Of the faithful and the Muslims, ones of peace, both men and women. Upon the plain, of force, there is neither distance nor time. There is not heat or cold, summer or winter, day or night. From the sweat of its two feet, he created planet earth. From the east to the west, and what is in it. Then Allah most glorified and Exalted, said to the light, Look before you, O oh, knight of Alchidem, Michael. So he looked, and he saw
4: a light before him.
1: Nash hadu an la
8: ilaha
0: illallah wa hadahu la sharikallahu. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi wali al-kareem. Wa sala ala ammiyah. Ajma'een Wal al Wal wa Wal mahsi wa al-mujaddah. Lana al-mursaleen. Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no partner,
1: and that all gratitude is for Allah Subhanahu wa the Sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah Subhanahu the generous, eternal Friend, and send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles, and on the Messiah, the Anointed One, and on the Mahdi, the Guide, and on the Mujaddid, the
0: Reformer which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
2: The Man of the Hour airing
4: seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WGAG Radio. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
7: The question I was trying to get was, uh, so the, uh, the revealing to bliss, the will, is that the first transgression or uh, in relationship to intergalactical traveling, violation, in violation of that, if you could p- put the two together, you know, if, I, if you could, uh, if I wanted to. I wanted myself, to you.
0: Intergalactical law does not have anything to do with laws govern the planet Earth. Once man was on the planet Earth, then laws were set up for him here according to what his nature had us to. While he was in an etheric state, correct, as a spiritual being, he was judged by galactical laws, the laws that the angels are judged by. You follow what I'm saying? Angelic beings. That's why the conversation came up. Well, is the laws of the, the Quran has it, is the laws of the earth going to be the same? The laws here, which means are you going to create another Michael or is he That was what angels were asking. When they said, will you create what will cause mischief and shed blood? Earth, it would really say is the laws that govern earth the same as laws that govern heaven, and is this Adam another Iblis going to cause trouble? As he knows what they know not. That's not their business to understand. The law of faith. So you saying uh, um, uh,
7: are you saying that they're both the same? Uh, revealing of the world was, is the same as violating the laws in in that the next realm or the spiritual realm of Malakut.
0: Yes, uh, revealing the law of the nature of man to the Malaika, the angels in Malakut violated galactical law. It did not violate earth law. The results of it was sentence you, your woman, and this devil to earth. And you all will be each other's, uh, what do you call it, rivals until the last day, because you've done it.
7: I see. Oh. Uh... Uh, Is it correct that uh, human beings or man, not mankind, are are, uh, baby angelic beings who haven't...
0: But see, it's it's a spiral in and out process. You were a Ruhu when you was in Malakut as Adam. He was created a Ruhu. Then he was at the point of transition, he becomes a Nafsun. And then when he becomes, physically becomes jesed. When you take the Ruhu, and uh, jesed, that a body, you get a nafsah, a person. That's why you say Nefsi myself. You follow what I'm trying to say? The nafsah is merely the spirit. Now, the cherubim, the bag, the fallen angels, have jes- jesed, and they do not have A Arruhah is meant Allah Ta'ala. As you read the Quran many places, he said, I sent my spirit into Jesus. I sent down the Holy Quran and Layla for Qadri, wa Ruhu and my soul was there. You follow? So there's is, is a definite difference.
7: Are uh, you saying that the angelic beings do not have uh, the, the uh,
0: body? They don't have the jesson. And when they become incarnated, in order for you to see them in an etheric form, they must become, a lack of a better word, is a self. And that self in Arabic is nefsa. You follow what I'm saying? Right. So as they leave the stage of ruh, they come into, as they start to personify the first apparent is the crystallization process, which gives an etheric body, or what people call the presence of a uh, misty or expoplasma or a spirit-like form. And then the next stage, if they continue to slow up in vibration, because it's about vibration, they begin to slow up in vibration. Then they start to take on the forms of the, the magnetic currents that surround the Earth's atmosphere, and finally, they become a physical body, which is governed by a sympathetic nerve system, which is in tune with the magnetic force field that surrounds the planet. You follow? So man is basically in tune with magnetism. That's, that's what keeps his body, his physical composition, which in the Quran is referred to as keeps it together. As you were to release the magnets in this, in this planet, all the elements would explode back, all, all the molecules and Adam will, will go back and they will start to reduce themselves and start to vibrate at a more rapid pace and then man would transform from a physical being into a spiritual being, which would just be the step the second step. You follow? And if man continues to raise into the bosom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he becomes a soul. Once he becomes a soul, he is in the presence of Lahut in the bosom of Allah. But he has to go from Lahut where aruh dwells, to um called Nafsa which is Malakut, and then down to the physical being, Jesset, which is where Neset is, our physical.
7: Uh, so with, where uh, the angelic beings have already split, and uh, I'm trying to... Uh,
0: yes, the angelic beings uh, split, like you did, but this degree. When you finally got into the earth, you had a conscious and an unconscious, which you refer to as a voluntary and an involuntary system which would break you down if you was a 360-degree being to a what? 180-degree being. 180 degrees of man's actions activated by his brain are voluntary, and 180 degrees of man's actions by his brain are involuntary functions. If you understand what I mean? Right. All right? So if you could split these two down when you voluntarily do things that you know are bad for you, for instance, to smoke a cigarette, which is really bad for the physical body. So you have to premeditate the dangers and then set out to do it. You see that? Right. That is executing a form of will. And that will, because it's deplementary uh, to the physical composition, which is merely a temple for the, for the soul, is an evil act. It manifests as an evil part of will. On the other hand, when you decide to become a vegetarian, and to stop drinking alcohol beverages and smoking cigarettes and taking in any kind of drug, you use another side of your voluntary functions. you follow? Which leads into a healthier involuntary participation. I don't know if I'm losing you. I'm trying not to. No, You, uh, you, you I, understand I was, what I'm saying? Yes, and yes. that would be the good side of things. So the angelic beings are your voluntary and involuntary systems working. The involuntary part are those who are called seraphim, who work by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, only. And then your voluntary function that you control have incarnated as what is referred to as Kerabrim or cherubims, wicked beings which refer to as jinn in the Quran or a plural for shaitan, and they manifest things on their, doing it according to their own will, you see what I'm saying? Now, man has within him both of these attributes. One, to be obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and next, to make decisions not to be obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You follow?
7: Right. So mm-hmm. that that would be the, the uh, will within us.
0: That is the will within you, the jihad, the Quran, a struggle.
7: Um, i like to, uh, the, the day of standing, I know you uh, uh, explained it before, but I'm a little confused with it as, Yamu Kiyam, Yamu Deen, Yamu Akri. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. As far as uh, the the physical, because I I believe you're saying that the, the the physical body is the darkness, and the soul within us is the light or the light source that's within us, and it's all in most it's in conflict with each other. So I like to you know if how do we get through these these stages to you know what do they mean in relationship to the to the earth. And the next plane of existence, or Malakut.
0: All right. Throughout the Quran, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala refers uses the word and it's applied to darkness. And then he uses Anur, which is applied to light. All right. Now, when we speak to understand the first question, when we speak of yamidin, yamakiyama, or yamulakhir, we have to put them in order. Though Yawm appears first in the Qur'an, because the Qur'an has now been set in a way where Surah Al-Fatiha, the opening, is now first. And they tell us this, like this, bismillahir rahmanir rahman rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, ar rahmanir rahim now it says, Maliki Yawm din Maliki Yawm This Maliki Yawm is directly associated with Suratul Kafirun where Rasulullah Muhammad والسلام, is being questioned about what he serves. And he ends up by saying Lakum to you will be your judgment and me will be mine. Here it tells us who will rule that judgment. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala huwa maliki yawm al-deen. He is the ruler of that specific day. Now that word deen has the word decisions in it. June, or Diana, has the word to turn around. All right? Why do they call it Yal-Medin? Because on this specific point in time, all a man's deeds and actions, according to his voluntary and involuntary actions, not just functions, you see, because he has voluntary and involuntary actions to relate to the way he conducts himself on the planet Earth, will be, his records will be presented. When will this be? This will be ba'da The word Qiyama kum, means stand up or rise up straight. Yama Qiyamah is the day that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to when all beings will raise, be they in the grave or wherever, they will all rise. You follow? And then once man has been risen in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa ikatuhu, and all of his angels and all of the wreckage of man is brought forth then yal starts, which is all in the same period of time and dimensions. Then man will start to be the records of his deeds will be passed to him either from Iliun, which is a, a certain abode where angels keep records in the right hand of man, or from Sijin, from another record where angels keep the records of jinns and wicked people from Sijin in his left hand. Man will be presented with all of his actions and and deeds, but be mainly judged by his intentions with those actions and deeds, okay? Once this is presented to man, man will be stripped of all of his desires. And what I say that because Allah Ta'ala has a certain section in the Quran called Surah Al Asr, where he addresses this one subject. He says, Well asr. And most people have mis- mistranslated that to mean by the time When in reality, it really means asir. Asir means to squeeze something. That word, if you do a research on it, it is when man's soul shall be separated from his body. Allah Ta'ala also used the word farasha a day in the Quran, farasha. Where, like farasha is what you call a bed, but it means to unfold, because Rasulullah didn't sleep in a bed. He slept on a mat that he would unroll or unfold. And like a butterfly unfolds its wings when man is unfolded and the real him is revealed. Well, this is what happens on Yomid Deen, when all of the superficial personalities and, and persons that you create are stripped away and you're standing there, sun-dried body, like a like scattered moth, removed of all the ego and the pride, and I know and I think, and I, I just want to explain myself a lot, I want to make things clear so you'll understand, all of this is gone. And once those decisions are made, then comes in Yomid Akhari, Yama al is necessary to determine who will be a part of the second death. What's meant by the second death is each Muslim dies, then when Yamakyama Qiyamah comes, he's raised, and then when Yamad al-Din comes, he's judged. Those who receive uh, Adam's weight of good, because they was obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they go into a place called Jannah, where they shall reside, khaliduna. Eternally, there were no longer no death or suffering or pain or crying. Eternal paradise. Those that have not accepted Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala's laws while on the planet Earth go into eternal damnation, which is considered the second death in the scriptures. You follow that? Right.
7: So you're saying that Yamu Qiyamah is first, and Yamu
0: Deen. Yamu then Yamu Deen, and then Yamu Uh So in
7: this period right now. This is Yamu right now.
0: Well Ya'mu now this and is safe. very interesting to understand. Rasulullah Muhammad alayhi salatu says that sleep is the sister to death. This is in his own sayings. What did he mean by that? That people will raise and die the same way people fall asleep and awake in the morning. How? If three men are in a room at twelve o'clock at night watching a TV, correct? and at one o'clock, the first man falls asleep. The other two men who are awoke are watching his body while it sleeps there in the chair, but they continue to watch television, but he exists in their presence, okay? Yet to him, he immediately wakes up. He He doesn't see himself through that period of time. He wakes up immediately. It's morning for him. Now, if those three men fall asleep at one, two, and three, which is our part each, when the last man falls asleep, it appears to all of them that they all wake up at the same time. You understand what I'm saying? Right. And they don't really feel a difference in the space that they were sleeping. You see? Right. Or, I, mean, I mean, if something wakes them up, if there's a trumpet that's going to be sounded and they, or a trumpet blast, then they all wake up at the same time and they won't feel a difference. This is how death is. When human beings die, as they die, they go into a state of slumber, and then we reawaken in the domain of Allah Ta'ala, and their judgment immediately starts. Though it will not seem un- like each person is being judged as they die, because until you die, you won't see judgment. Just like you'd be the man that falls asleep at 3 o'clock, the last one. Do the- you understand? So, so Yama Qiyama is taking place right now for people who have already died. But to you, it hasn't taken place. But so the day you die, that is the day judgment they start. The day each individual dies for
7: And then Yalmuddin takes place?
0: And then Yalmuddin takes place for everybody present.
7: And everybody will witness each other? Or everybody will witness
0: and, and each other's deeds. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ar-Rahman, ar-Rahim. And he's going to work your intentions more so by your actions on Yalmuddin. You follow what I'm saying?
7: And uh, Yabu Akhri is, is the...
0: Uh, Final. J- Akram is the last.
7: Okay, when you will be either uh, placed with... Uh,
0: the bosom of Allah. When you, right. Like the Quran says, from Allah, you come into Allah, you will return. Right. So either you return to the bosom of Allah and reside in His heart, which will be paradise to you eternally, right. Right. or you will be given over to Iblis. Right. Okay, eternal damnation uh,
7: and in a, in a state of bliss with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, is uh, in,
0: in the bosom of Allah is considered Jannah but eternal damnation has various degrees that's why there's different names for hell in the Quran as well as in the scriptures you and each individual himself hell according to what he knows he did wrong in other words you will be the devil the devil in you will be the devil that persecutes you in hell and he just called Malik in, in Islam, because Allah is called Maliki Yamadim, the rule of the day of judgment so they call the angel over hell Malik, the angel, you see Malik because it's the Malik in you the angel that you will make that decision of what should happen to you Go ahead.
7: so you're saying that you, you're not judging yourself, but are you, you, your
0: fears that's what will make up hell as gross as you think hell is yourself if you do wrong, that's where you put yourself, it's the way the mind works you follow?
7: Right, so it's not a place; it's just a state. Uh, it is a state. A state.
0: It is a state. a state. But everything is a state. Just that certain things personify more than others and appear to be more tangible. But everything is merely a state. All of this is all of it's a big illusion.
7: Uh, so how do we uh, get through these different uh, stages as far as uh, the
0: first thing is tukwa. Right. Taqwa. which means. Not fear, like khaf. A lot of Muslims just take the word taqwa and say khaf and say it means fear. No, a man can pull a knife out and you have khaf, but that's not taqwa. Taqwa is to tremble at the mention of Allah. That's a fear out of reverence, not a fear out of regret or danger, but out of reverence of Allah subhanahu wa taala. It's a loving fear, the way a son would have to a, a devoted father who's strict on how he should live, though he wants to rebel. Meaning, if you have a son who wants to be a hip hopper and his father's a very devout Muslim, and the, the boy knows his father's a good Muslim, whenever his father comes around, the son has a fear, but it's a fear through reverence. That's our first step to getting back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a thing called taqwa, that we must have this kind of reverence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without that fear, we'll never make it. Uh, uh,
7: what is uh, Daru Islam in, 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 in reference to going back to uh uh as far as being in tune with allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala to the, or to the bosom or in relationship to the days of standing uh, all right let me make let me show you
0: first of all we we'll use the word dar all right the rule of the word del alif ra means to make a circle or to or be around to turn around all right when we say dar therefore as a noun we're saying abode a place Right. Right? right? When we say Daru Islam, we're saying they're the abode of bliss, right. of tranquility, or of harmony, or of peace. There used to be a Jama'a, a community of Muslims in America who used to call themselves Daru Islam. I used to tell them, you know, shit out of politeness, but didn't, it didn't come up that way, that you can't call yourself Daru Islam because Daru Islam is. It's, uh, it's paradise. It's another name for the ship, as the honorable Elijah Muhammad would call it, the the mothership or the plane. All right, the mother plane, and it's referred to in the Quran as your boat in heaven, Daru Islam, a state of tranquility and peace. This is the stage that all Muslims will go to before they go into Jannah. It's in a in uh, a boat, like a waiting place. You understand what I'm saying? Right. Now the Holy Quran, I think it's chapter six, one twenty seven, will explain it. It says, لَهُمْ Daru Islam, Rabbihim. For them there is an abode of peace with Enda Rabbihim, their sustainer. Meaning the, for these certain people, because pride didn't tell you who the righteous are in this chapter, there is an abode of peace. With their sustainer. When a Muslim says that he has Daru Islam on earth, he's saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because this anda in Arabic is in your possession. It has the indication in Arabic of possession of something, and Allah. Allah has it with him. So when we say that we are Daru Islam on earth, what we're really saying is that Allah has come down to earth. You follow whether we realize it or not. Because we're definitely not our daughter Islam on Earth, because the Earth is not a boat of peace. There's war, of bloodshed, earthquakes, famine, disease, hate, racism, etc., 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 etc. So it's really blasphemous for us to make that statement. You follow?
7: Right. So that's like in reference uh, on heaven as it is, uh, on in heaven as it is in Earth. In,
0: in right. that's religion. Exactly. Because there's a mention in the book of Al Injil of Isa and Maryam in the. Uh, 21st chapter of a mothership coming out of heaven called the abode of peace they use the same word darul islam and in it they say are the angelic beings they call the host that sit around the throne which is the Malak, and the righteous will be taken up into this ship the honorable elijah muhammad referred to that as a mother plane ezekiel spoke about seeing it and isa and Maryam's followers john and them spoke about it in the book of Al El- injil in the book of revelations 21. And Muslims recognize it, but they just haven't interpreted it because of a lack of knowledge of the Qur'an because they lean more towards a hadith, to the hadith. To become wahdahu again, because Allah is wahdahu, la sharika, lahu. It was out of his compassion that he made a duplicate of himself. He said, Now, they also mention it, I think, in 1025 of the Holy Qur'an. And in this actual quote, they literally tell you that Allah is the one that calls people Illa دار Islam. Right? And guides them. See that? And that's, uh, did I mention it? The place is 10,
8: 25,
0: is it? Yes. You see that what it says there? يَدْعُونَ إِلَّا دَارُ Yahdi مِنْ إلى صِرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمَ Allah is the one that will du'a call people to this abode right and he guides only those who are on the Surat al-Mustaqeem now who are those on the Surat al-Mustaqeem if we go back to Surah al-Fatiha and read it we get notice the word again guidance is there right and in al-Mustaqeem so now who is going to be the one to go to this Daru Islam well the Quran says Rasulullah Muhammad, when he received the Quran and Surah Fatiha, he got. It, it said to him, "Alhamdulillahirobbilalamin, al ar rahim Malikiyyumilladillih, iya kan nabudu wa iya kan nasta'in." Now he starts to talk about the fifth verse. He says, "Ihdina sirat Mustaqim, sirat al-ladina anhamta alayhim. He's now moving away from the the present and future, and speaking in the past. He says, guide us, to the past of those who stand straight. Then to answer who they are, they say, those who, and they have your nigma. Because remember, when in the Surah Al-Qalam, when uh, people call Muhammad crazy, Allah said he has his nitma with him. His grace, he has, you have The grace of Allah. Without the grace, the world ends. Remember that. So it says, the path of those who have Allah's grace on them. Now Rasulullah Muhammad is taking us out of the future and the present and taking us into the back, into the past, where these people will be called. Why did this happen? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, Don't say that my prophets are dead. I take them up to myself. Don't say that you killed Isa and Maryam. I've taken him up to myself. And that's what that other verse said. That Allah takes who he wants into Dar Islam and guides them, to the what? Surat al Mustaqim. So here he says, ahdina surat al Mustaqim, surat al anamta alayhim. Then he tells you who not to be like. He says, ghayril, besides al-Makhdoubi, which those who have the a curse on them, Alayhim on them, which is also in the past tense. And not those who were in the nor, the light of Allah subhanahu wa taala, with Ahl al Kitab, Benai Israel, and have went into dala, had had the covenant of Allah and broke the covenant and went. So Ghatapa is a curse seed, which is the people of the uh, seed, of Ham, which is Canaan, which is the people who inherited the disease of leprosy, that's a ghazabah on them. That's a curse of anger Allah put on them. He said, don't make me like them, please. And don't make me like the children, don't make my congregation to be like the children of Israel, to have all your blessings on them, and still they turn away. Believe it or not, this is what turned the children of Israel away. It's called the Talmud and the Mishnah. This is when they stopped reading the Torah, the five books of nabi musa alayhi salatu wasalam, and started reading the writings of scholars and learned men as to how to live and what to eat and what to wear and not just how to wear the veil but i mean not just to wear the veil but how to wear the veil and not what oil not just smells sweet but which saint moses wore which we today call it our hadith you see Bana Israel lost the covenant of Allah because they went away from kalam Allah. They went away from the words of Allah and went into kalam al-insan, into the words of men. When we read hadith, hadith is the guidance for us to know how we were created. And you say, now what is the relationship between sunnah and creation?" The word sunnah, sunnah comes from the word seen Noon. If you look in your holy Quran into creation of Adam... You'll find in the 15th chapter, 28th verse, when Allah creates Adam, he uses the word mesnun, for fashions. You see that? The root of that word mesnun is the word sun, or sun, to fashion. So we are supposed to find in Rasulullah Muhammad, who was created, Khalaq al the best of examples. He was fashioned the best way for us, and thus we follow his way, not books written by men, they dictate to us their opinions of how Rasulullah did something or didn't do something, which led us into another contradiction in the Quran where we broke up and became, as they say, literally, a shia, different things, Ansari, Sunni, Bilalian, uh, yani, uh, Ahmadiyya, Wahhabi, Shia. We became all of these different things, and that was the work of shaytan through Hadith, which is the words of men, and took us off of Surat, al- Surat Al-Lavina and Amta alayhim. Took us off the path of those who had Allah's grace on them, which was his prophet, and we got onto the path of mortal men. So darul Islam, the abode, of, which is called the Crystal City or the Mother Plain, as I said, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught, and it is the final abode for the resting soul.
7: Oh, so it's just a, a waiting place, you're saying? Uh, it's like what uh,
0: you call on earth a limbo. This is the day before man goes to Jannah and then from Jannah back to the actual back to the bosom of Allah See the whole adventure return is to become wahtahu again because Allah is Wachtahu la sharika It was out of his compassion that he Made a duplicate of himself. You say what Allah made a duplicate of himself. Yes There's a name of Allah and his name and it's the 13th name of Allah and it's al-musawir right Most people translate al-musawir because the best English renderings of it is the fashioner, but the word musawir comes from the root word sa' alif ra, sara. You follow? To become something. Now you get the word Surah from that, which is the word for picture in English or image in English. And many people know that when it says in Genesis, Allah made man his own image, they're using this word Sarah. Because it doesn't mean little that it means that Allah became something. How did Allah become something? You see? Allah became something because Allah is the great Ruh, the great soul, right? right. And he created the Tesid the or Jesus of the man, the body. And then whether the scriptures all confirm, whether they are St. John's chapter one or Genesis or the Quran, which they all confirm, that Allah blew nefekheh, blew of nefsahu, of himself into man, and man became a living soul, right? right? Allah blew into man of himself, and man became a living soul. See the word became there? That's the word saara in Arabic. That's the word musawir of the names, and that's the word they use for sawar, pictures. <laughs> you see? Right. So when they say that Allah became something, Allah was as... He shaped man of the dust of the ground, and that was his physical. That's, that's that word you see there, mesnun. Shaped him, made him from the side and ham and the black mud, and made him a physical thing. And then he, sara, he placed a portion of himself into man, and man, with, through that, became a living soul. You understand? That's why they say man is in the image of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the name al-musawir, the 13th attribute of Allah, has its root in the word sara to become something. Allah fought himself into being. He merely said, kun, exist. Fiyah. fiyah, in Arabic means to be in something. Like if I said, fi, fil kitab, inside this book. Fiyah, kun, fiyah kun means to exist he merely thinks a thing to exist, and into existence it came. Well, he did that with himself. And that thing that came into existence from him is El Insan. But he called you El Insan as a male. He called you Nisa as a woman, because they both have their root in the word nuns, which means you would forget. <laughs> the Arabic word for forget is the root of the word man, Insan, because you, you will forget your divinity. So he had to recreate a divine being. And the surah of the Pen, he says he created Muhammad khalaq al Azim. He made Muhammad a supreme being and shaped him, gave him that sunnah, that same word, seen noon. You see that? may gave him a sunnah that we should abide by. But if we don't, we start following men then we fall off the Surat of al-Mustaqim like Abraham and Musa and Isa and Shoaib and Idris and Luqman and Salah. And when we fall off of the Surat al-Mustaqim and we get into Allah's either Ghadaba, his anger, you see, or we end up in Dala, out of the light and into the darkness.
7: So you're saying that Allah knew that uh, man in the heavens would forget his divinity, and that's why he was cast down here in, uh, in earth, in, in paradise on earth, and was given a sec- another chance?
0: No, I'm saying that once man got in the body, he forgot his divinity. <laughs> that's why he called him Insan. He said, al Insan, min alak. You see, I created a forgetful being, and now I've made him a physical clot dividing, Allah, something splitting up. Now he has the power to procreate within himself through the splitting of atoms or the semen and the ovum splitting and forming the fetus. That's, that's when Allah says, Halak min alak. He created al insan The word al insan is the same as Nas or Nisa, meaning a forgetful being from a clot that splits up. At that point, when man starts to multiply on the planet Earth, then you'll find out in Genesis 6, when men started to multiply on the earth and daughters were born unto him, then Allah subhanahu wa taala did what? He sent down angelic beings. Go to Genesis chapter um, 6.
7: And when it came
0: to pass. That's right. It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. And the sons of Allah saw the daughters of the men. These sons of Allah were angelic beings, saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful. They use, they use jameel. they say fair, but in the original language is Jamil, beautiful, right? Or Hassan and handsome. And they took them wives. This is when angelic beings conceived to mortals, all of which they chose. This gave birth to your cities of Atlantis and Mu. When angelic beings conceive with mortals. Can angelic beings conceive with mortals? Yes. The Holy Quran in the 19th chapter, 19th verse, notice the two numbers, speaks of when Jibrael came to Mary. Not only did he come as a basharan, a, a, a well-made man? a translator, but basharan means skin, look it up in any lexicon. But it says, he wahaba, he gave her. That means conceived or passed on physical to physical something to her. So angels do come down as, as mortals and go into human beings. And then it says, and the Lord said, my spirit shall not always die with men. My ruh my, my will not always be with men because man is merely flesh because he's Jesita. So a man that the day will come when the ruh of Allah would leave the body of mortals. Man was destined to be 120 years old on earth, but of course a bad diet, eating animals flesh and taking drugs, man now dies in 60 and 70 years old and so when he when he incarnated he was a perfect being when angel came down and he lived to be 120 years old there were giants in the earth in those days that is the cherubim the wicked angels who had been cast out with lucifer or azazel or iblis from heaven 200 of them was cast down to earth there were giants in the earth in those days and also and which means and even after that and even after that when the sons of allah even after that, now first there was these cast-down angels who was on earth, and they set up a land which is referred to in the scriptures as the land of Nod. You'll find that mentioned because of the children of Adam when Cain slew Abel, you'll find that he was put out of his father's house, and he went to a land which is called Nod, and there he encountered a certain amount of people. What Christians don't seem to address that if there was nobody else on earth, then where did the people that you find mentioned in Genesis chapter 4, verse 16 come from when it says, And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in a land called Nod. There's nobody else on the planet Earth but Adam, Eve, and Cain, and Abel. And Cain just slew Abel. That leaves Adam, Eve, and Cain. So who are these people in the land of Nod? If people look at the word Nod, they'll find the word Nod means wondrous or wilderness. This is the land where the fallen angels who came to Earth set up. And this is where Cain went to. And in that land, he gave birth to a son named Enoch. And then he named another land after them. Allah Ta'ala destroyed those beings there. So we get back to Genesis. It says, there were giants in the, this is Genesis 6-4, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, after those giants were here, after those fallen angels had already set up Nod, right, the sons of Allah came in unto the daughters of the man, and they brought children of them. And these became the mighty men of renown. These became the so-called mystics that walked the earth. These became the people of Mu and Atlantis, the great masters, that came from a conception of angelic beings, which Ezekiel referred to as You know, uh, extraterrestrials or, you know, different ways, or angelic beings, mala'ik, whatever you want to call them, you want to call them UFO, extraterrestrial, it still means angels. They come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his mala'ik, to dwell with man and conceive with man, and so they'd have renowned beings here. Rasulullah Muhammad was not one of those beings, but what happened is after Rasulullah Muhammad was born, Allah ta'ala sent his angels to Rasulullah to open up his chest, and purify him, which means to do certain alterations to his spiritual being to make him a supernatural or a divine being. Khalak al azim, you see. I hope I'm not talking too fast. I have a habit of doing that. No,
7: um, I want to, you know, because you said the body was a prison, and I, you know, I want to know what was the 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 first transgression that was that was then met, that that uh, man had
0: with that, you know, his
7: Allah is, is so merciful. You know you what's know,
0: interesting about that? I'm sorry to cut you off. Yes. It's almost as if if I took a perfectly pure being and put them in that room, all of y'all would cling to that being like a bee does pollen right. because of its sweetness. Right. Your body is a composition of, what they call it bacteria that once that pure soul was on Earth, it clung to it, and you be and what you are doing is feeding the bacteria as opposed to the soul. When you do more for your physical body than you do for your spiritual self. When you miss salah and you miss fasting and you miss all the religious principles to self, the spiritual you, right? What you do is you split in the physical body and the, and the spiritual body has no growth. The physical body, you touch your face. Touch your face for me. That thing you're touching right there is nothing but bacteria, filth, that is plaguing your soul. You just don't want to accept it because you think that's really you. (laughs) The real you comes out if you stand into a mirror and stare there for a little while in a quiet environment. Just look at the mirror and then start saying the nose, the eyes, the mouth, the skin, the eyebrows. And just keep staring at your eyes as you're doing this. I should say, stare at you know, from, from your eyes, as you say, my nose, look at your nose, and your mouth, and your ears. And at a certain point in this practice, you're going to see that there's a clear difference between what is standing there in the mirror and what is talking from the inside about what is standing there in the mirror. You're going to actually feel the separation between you and the presence of the divine in you. You follow that? That divine in you is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is when the of Elijah Muhammad said, you are God. This is what he was talking about. This is what Esau, Jesus said, you are God. But people who with narrow minds, wanted to misinterpret what the messenger was saying, turn it all around, because those Arabs over there got such a short amount of knowledge that they couldn't believe, they couldn't begin to comprehend what Muhammad was saying when he said, you're the Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, the cream, the Earth, and father of civilization, and god of the universe. They couldn't understand that. The moment you say that, immediately you're stepping on their concept of some spook god, so they go off and call you a blasphemer and they start bad-mouthing you, because they don't understand. He was trying to explain that the Quran says Allah put his spirit into you, For you to say that it's not there is blasphemy. You see, if the Imam was trying to tell you that if Allah says he put his spirit into man, then every man in here is a portion of Allah. Now, if you say that's not true, the Quran says it is true. If you say that's not true, the Torah says it is true. If you say that's not true, the Injil says it is true. So who do we listen to, you or do we listen to Allah? Do we listen to your scholars in Egypt or do we listen to Allah? Do we listen to your white scholars in Saudi Arabia, or do we listen to Allah? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I blew into man of my spirit, and man became a living soul. So you are divine. You are just asleep. And you must be awoken again. Or as the Elijah Muhammad says, you must find yourself again. You're the lost found. So now we have found the body, but the soul and the spirit inside that soul is still lost. We have to waken that up. Like a phoenix, She must be born out of the bones of a dead body, the same way Lazarus by Jesus was called out of the cave of the dead and brought back to life. When he called him out, he brought out with him some real stench. (laughs) When Jesus called Lazarus out of the cave, he said, Come forth, Lazarus, right? With Lazarus came some real stench, some real odor. He was still wrapped in his funeral cloth. He had been dead for them three, three and some odd days. Believe me, black man and black woman, when you come out of this grave and we got to wake you up, you bring a real stint with you. You bring crack and marijuana and cigarettes and alcohol and pork and race and curse and, and killing and murders and rapes. You bring a lot of stench out of the grave of Hades that you encountered while in the bosom of the devil. Now it's going to be very difficult for us to redress you and let you realize that the spiritual you is much greater than the physical you. If you are ever to become one with the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again, you're going to have to work at it. It's not going to just fall upon you again like in the garden. You had a chance in the garden. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you everything in the garden, put you in the midst of it and say, you can have everything, just don't touch this one thing, the tree. What did you do? Go right past everything he gave you and went right to that one thing and ate it. He said, now I'm going to give you just the opposite. I'm going to put you outside the garden where I don't want you to touch nothing. <laughs> I just want you to go to this one thing, the surat al-mustaqib, the path of Islam. And what are we doing? Now we're going to everything but that one thing again. We're doing just the opposite again. You <laughs> see?
7: So now we have to uh, work our way back as far as having more or less nothing.
0: uh, That's that's right. Now that's a perfect statement you just made. You know why? Because you do indeed have something because you have yourself. Correct? Right. But that something is absence of the real thing, so it's really nothing. You understand? Right. Plus, Allah did the same thing. In order for Allah to create matter, he had to create a condition for matter. You understand that? But by the standards of matter, he had created nothingness. Did I lose you? No. You understand that, right? right? In order for him to create any physical thing, he had to create molecules, magnetism, and the ability for these molecules to magnetize and to form matter. By the laws of matter, which you're living in, these molecules and magnetism... Did not exist they were nothing based on your laws this is what I meant when I said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created nothingness first he created a condition for something to come into existence by his word you see people who didn't see that thought how can you create nothingness don't say what did the brother mean ask the brother say excuse me Imam, I don't know what you meant by that but don't go up and say this man's crazy because he said Allah created nothingness first ask me before Allah could create anything he had to create a condition for these things to come into existence. Do you understand? For so Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, created himself into existence. But just because, because, people always ask that question, where did Allah come from? Allah created himself into existence. But the condition from which he created himself in is beyond our comprehension because of the condition that we live in, the very spiritual world is beyond our comprehension. So he said, he's in the world. The world was made, up, made by him, but the world knows him not. You see? No man knows the father, not even the son. He was merely sent to bear witness or testify of him. No man can describe the creation of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you do know by your creation that he created a condition in which to create things. So in his self-created self, he created a condition for which he came into existence, which you will never be able to comprehend, so just leave it alone.
5: You have been listening to The True
1: Life, sponsored by the original Prince of P. located at 717 Richmond Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. You are also invited to attend the Questions and Answers class every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. in the Hall of Knowledge at 548 Park Street in Brooklyn, New York.
7: And now, more profound than ever before, The Panthers of Peace, authored by the master teacher and spiritual guide, Unicorn Radio!
8: S-